0: Hello everyone, welcome into debate night yet again episode 15. I'm Hunter Thomas joined by Brody Smith We are going through some disc golf superlatives tonight Maybe talking about a few other things and then as always taking your calls hearing what you have to say um, Before we pop over and watch Duke beat Kentucky Mm, College basketball is back Uh, I don't know. I don't know if I
1: have much to say about it because I really haven't you were just talking earlier that you haven't really been paying attention to. I think what much. it was was
0: the, the COVID year threw everyone off.
1: What 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 happened in the COVID year? Did they not do it? March Madness at all? No, March Madness happened. What ha- who won? Gonzaga. Maybe. You did not. Sa- <laughs> who? What <laughs> not happened last year?
0: Well, see, I'm a Duke fan. And last year, Coach K played like one game, wasn't confident in us apparently. What do you mean he played? No, he didn't play, obviously. But then we decided just to not play our preseason like out of conference games oh
1: you guys like tanked for the first round pick that's smart in college basketball no
0: we just were well, was, he said it was due to covid concerns a lot of people were like well no it's because you just weren't ready yeah i think he thought the season wasn't going to happen last year and then when the season happened he was surprised
1: okay gonzaga did win last year apparently yeah. um, i i honestly don't so i was anything. so
0: once duke kind of su- duke didn't make the tournament last year so once duke kind of sucked rough. up front i basically didn't pay attention to college basketball last no, year that's fair but i'm back coach k's last year john shire's taking over one of my all-time favorite players next year i heard I, I, it's a good time to be a duke fan i'm happy here i did hear there
1: was a lot of
0: potential chatter from
1: non-duke fans talking about how this year is going to be more about uh coach k and not so as much it should be team. he's the
0: greatest coach of all time
1: but could you imagine being like a senior and you kind of get overshadowed
0: yeah i would love i would you love that? this would be the team i'd love to play for the most the final his final one yeah what but if they don't make the, the, the tournament that would suck. Then that's the team I would want to play for the least. But you have so much riding on this season. Like There's if a lot you're of pressure. if you're a college basketball player, you're built for pressure. You gotta be. You made it to the D one. You gotta be. And this is, I you, I would disagree with every that. game is going to feel more important. So I think Duke's going to have a chip on their shoulder. Mm-hmm. Every game they go into, mm-hmm. they're dangerous. They're dangerous this year. We'll going to say. It's going
1: to be interesting. There all I'm going to say. There has been some chatter. We're a dangerous team. Has been some chatter about Lehigh, better watch the out. Uh, COVID situation because I guess some teams are just like back, like they're they're bringing like so many juniors and stuff back because people just didn't go, didn't go, yeah, didn't go to the NBA or whatever. So it'll be interesting. It'll be I love college basketball mainly because you actually get teams like that. You get teams that if you look in the college football sphere, there's no team that. Oh wow, they're they're bringing back all their starters. Like if they're trash, they're trash. But in college basketball, like you could have a team that's like trash, but each year they get, get better and better, better and better. And then they're all like fifth year seniors, and like they're just nasty because they've been playing for four. Or and five that, years And those are together. the type of
0: teams that'll like make a run in the, yes, the March Madness. I love those teams because they're just yeah. chemistry is so much Gosh, in basketball. We talk
1: about uh, there might not be a better time in sports than March Madness. It it probably is the greatest college time basketball in is the greatest, greatest
0: sport. Period.
1: Um, another thing that's the greatest that I just witnessed today, or not today, but this week, was this apple pie. <laughs> Guys, I'm not kidding. I don't know if it was a good thing or a bad thing because Connor does owe me an apple pie. A Dutch apple pie, to yep. specific. And Kelsey found one at this like Chris, Christmas festival. I don't know what it was. But it was the best. When I say best, it was the best apple pie I have ever had silas it will not be there when you come over i apologize uh but kelsey did say that she put in a pre-order for thanksgiving for another apple pie and a pumpkin pie from this pumpkin pie is my favorite if if this if this apple pie was this good i just i don't know what is going to happen when i get the pumpkin pie
0: is pumpkin pie normally your favorite, like above apple pie? Or is like- no, no, no. Dutch apple pie. So apple pie is as high as it goes. Dutch apple pie is the, the
1: superior pies, but for, you know... Chocolate like- pie is the
0: most superior pie. No, no. Chocolate meringue pie. Pumpkin pie, though, on Thanksgiving is like yeah it's a whole different thing oh, boost. it yeah. hit you in the feels that terrified me i forgot Silas was mic'd oh my up <laughs> i completely <laughs> forgot Silas was mic'd up was i just it really heard evolved? him. Like, no, no 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 i just forgot it, just, it came oh,
1: <laughs> it came through it just, very clean yeah. yeah i'm here Heck uh, yeah. um but yeah we have a lot lots to get into i thought you know because the season's obviously over i mean there's some stuff that's that's happening um it, it, i'm going to be very interested to see some of the uh players Movement free agency stuff. There's a yeah. lot of
0: there's a lot of rumblings happening. There's a lot of stuff of where Nothing that's, we people can talk, are leaving contracts but, too. Well, we can't talk a lot of stuff that's going on. Well, we can talk about Eric. Eric Oakley is, a, yeah. is public, yeah.
1: Eric Eric came out and posted, and he's leaving DD, and who knows where he's going? to Question mark is where he's going. But uh, but yeah, I think I think this is exciting because people. It, it, the same thing happened when Vine first came out, right? Vine first came out and a lot of the people that were on Vine. Do you remember Vine? I, I vividly like remember Vine. I'm just... You're looking at me like you have no idea what I'm about to say. Well, I'm wondering say.
0: how are you mixing this into sports. Yeah, I'm, I'm curious to hear that. I'll get you. This I is, remember Vine. Vine was, I superior, remember Vine. Vine was Vine the superior... I Vine. was the superior TikTok. Yeah,
1: Vine was better than TikTok. Yeah.
0: And then there was a weird in-between period where like Vine was the only way you were posting videos on Twitter. Remember that? Wait, say it again? When Twitter bought out Vine... And like yes. the Vine app was gone, but yes. you could like post Vine.
1: Yeah, there was a weird spot. There's there a weird in between
0: page where they tried to keep Vine relevant, but it was it okay. Was gone.
1: So let me let me explain my point here. So when Vine first came out, all the big influencers, or sorry, all the big content creators on Vine had not been content creators before. Yeah, it wasn't like they were big YouTubers. A lot of the YouTubers hated Vine initially, right? It's like it's it feels like what TikTok is right now. Similar, yeah. So what ended up happening is you had all these kids that just got massive, millions and millions of followers from nothing, right? Months go by and they just, boom, start them, right? So what happens is you have companies coming to them and saying, well, first off, it's a six-second video. So right then and there, like the amount of production to do a six-second video versus like a 20, 15-minute YouTube video is very different. But the reach on Vine was insane. And so what would end up happening is all these kids, and this happened to me, my first YouTube brand deal brand deal was for State Farm. State Farm wanted to take two trick shots that I had previously already made on YouTube. They wanted to pull it from that and make a commercial out of it. And I basically gave them rights to, do whatever they want with the footage and so they ended up putting it all over the place not just like a commercial on tv but like on xbox on all sorts of social media platforms and like i later found out that 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 deal would have been 10 to 15 x what they actually paid me so same thing with vine these people are coming to you for the first time saying hey we'll give you 500 dollars to make a vine and you're like and also you don't make any money on vine yeah right? there's no monetization so you're just making TikTok or Vines, excuse me, for like a month. And all of a sudden someone comes to you and says, hey, we'll pay you 500 bucks to for you to do exactly what you do, but just hold a Klondike bar. And you're like, yeah, what the heck? So all these people were getting paid way under what they actually deserved. And it wasn't until the YouTube people that have been doing brand deals for months and years, they came in with agents and all this stuff. And now when a, com- a company like, let's say Klondike, comes to that person, what ends up happening is now they say, oh, no, 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 no. It's going to cost you $5,000. Because what Vine was able to do is like, oh, we're not going to pay that person $5,000 when we can pay this person $500. Yeah. But once that 500 person heard a sniff of like wait that person's charging five thousand, and we're doing the same thing i think that's what's happening in this disc, disc golf right now is players are starting to get they're starting to smell the money and realizing they smell that, what the rock's cooking yeah they realize that Isn't that is for the, that's his thing yeah, yeah. what can Surely. you smell what the rock is cooking yeah
0: the rock okay doing the rock johnson steve uh well yeah. it if you had said, a vine steve man austin
1: that's who we, that's who he fought against, right? Steve Austin, the guy who used to smash beer bottles. Oh my gosh. <laughs> that stone cold? Stone cold Steve Austin, yeah. But I think that's what's happening. I think I think starting uh players are starting to realize, wait a second, I'm I'm val- I'm way more valuable than maybe what my uh, uh my deal is currently. Well, they might
0: even be seeing a player. They might hear be like Hey, yo! Exactly. What, what was your contract? And like, I beat you ten times out of ten. My exactly. social media is fault bigger. Blah blah blah. And I'm like, you're making more money than me. You're like, what the heck? That's not fair. Yeah.
1: So we'll see. It, it, something's going on for sure because I storm would storm the Bruin. There is. I mean, I don't. I haven't been in the sport or the landscape long enough, but I would definitely say the amount of action happening this off season compared to last off season. Well, there's
0: all what's a going lot on. More. A lot more action. Not yet. What's going we on? What's going on this offseason is a- the same thing that's always happened. There's a lot of chatter. We are yet to see the action to back the chatter up. Oh, so you don't think the action's gonna happen? I would be surprised if as there's there's always this much chatter. Every single offseason you really? hear you hear chatter. Now this chatter sounds this chatter sounds more serious because there's actually numbers being put out of like I I'm shocked I'm only getting paid. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Normally you don't hear the numbers because they don't know the numbers. But Every offseason, you do hear X, Y, or Z be like, yeah, look, I'm really not happy. I'm going to start shopping myself around a little bit, and that's the last you hear of it. Mm. You don't hear anymore. Mm. That happens every offseason. This offseason, it does have a slightly different feel to it. I would be surprised if as much action happens as you think, but I would be happy if it did because that would give us a lot of content for grip and debate night.
1: One, One thing to kind of wrap this up, do you think Eric Oakley has an ace in his back pocket, or do you think he literally is just like, I'm just going to go out on a limb and see what happens. Like, do you think he already has like something in mind set up or do you just, is he just going to be dark horse in it and Um, for the
0: best? I think he has some things set up that dynamic might not have allowed, such as maybe like a bag deal Mm -hmm. or something along those lines. I don't think he has a manufacturer lined up yet okay um i don't know if he's even looking for one to be honest with you wouldn't surprise me to see him do like some sort of drew gibson model mm. um the only reason i'm saying that is because on his instagram story tonight he was posting pictures of his old discs like a polecat uh like it looked like a beat-up end of a disc Interesting. Which, those were both end of a discs but he was posting just pictures of like wow like breaking out some of my disc storage blah blah, blah. and i was like if he had something that he was Going because I don't think he's going to Innova. Mm. I'd be shocked if he went to Innova. He's a very social media person. Um, that's where a lot of his value is, is in brand recognition, like social yeah, media people, recognizability. Mm-hmm. That doesn't line with what Innova's pushed over the past few years. Honestly, his best team fit was dynamic. So that's why it's a kind of a curious as to where he's going. Um but yeah, so that's why I don't think he has anything lined up yet, and he might not be looking for anything. Uh could be the other thing. He could just be going unsponsored mm. and just seeing seeing the market of like seeing if, you know, he can just do a brand deal on his YouTube or Instagram for here and there. Discraft to sell a buzz. I don't know. He might be trying to go that route.
1: I will say too, with the tournament payouts getting higher and higher, it does allow players to not feel like they have to be trapped into doing a bad sponsorship deal. Because they can just bet on themselves. Yeah, they right? can be like, if
0: I play good, I can make enough I can, money. Yeah, I can, I can do it.
1: Yeah, and then, and then, then, and also, at the end of the day, if they really wanted to, they could just. I mean, they they themselves can get custom stamps from people too, right? Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. So they could he could technically get a custom run from um, Discraft, from Innova, and from just sell them on his own and site. Then he sells them himself. So yeah. there's I a don't lot know.
0: There is a lot of possibilities, but I don't. I personally don't think that he. I don't personally think he left Dynamic and is immediately going somewhere else. Okay. I don't I think that he might announce he w- by January. Do you that think he would have
1: announced if he had No, I don't think up? I
0: don't think he would have announced the same thing. Okay. I don't think they would have been the same post. Gotcha. Uh, I do think that there's a possibility next week, two weeks from now, we do see a post of this is where I'm going. Mm-hmm. I could be completely wrong. I just get a feeling that he either doesn't know where he's going or it's going to be some type of mixed bag situation. Mm. I will say Coming into the sport, I
1: didn't, I, I didn't see the hype. I didn't understand the hype, like when people are talking about, oh, this person's going to this manufacturer, oh, this person's going here. I was like, well, who cares, right? But now that you're in it, it is kind of fun.
0: Yeah, well, it's the it same. It is kind of fun. It's the same to us as like when players are traded to different sports teams, teams. because yeah. I understand it's not actually a team; it's an endorsement mm-hmm. deal. But for Eric, for instance. He went so full in on the felon mm-hmm. that wherever he goes next, it's going to be very interesting to see. Like, let's What's say, let's say, to? let's say it was discraft. Like, is the raptor as good as a felon? Raptor- you'll be able to, yes. you'll be able to know by the way Eric's throwing, and he'll obviously say it's as good as his felon or mm-hmm. like it replaces it. But you'll be able to know when you're watching him throwing and stuff, and that's the stuff I like watching. Is like if he went to MVP. I'd be just mesmerized to see what is what is MVP's felon? Like, what is he throwing for that felon slot? And it, like, allows players... And that's what I think is a big benefit to brands is, like, if Prodigy could land him and then Eric started throwing the FX2 in place of the felon, everyone who knows Eric for throwing the felon would be like, well, I might at least... Yeah, I kind of want to try the try FX2 because, you know, he's, he's been money with that thing and, you know, I liked the felon. So I think that's one of the, like, hidden values in players is that initial switch... Everyone's so interested in what is in their bag that replaced what it used to be. Because I don't even, I don't like the felon personally. Mm -hmm. But if Eric Oakley started throwing the FX2 like crazy, and you might check it out, I might be like, you know, I might want to check that out. Because Eric Oakley made the felon look really good. Now he's making the FX2 look really good. I like it. It's exciting. And uh, I think that's more the excitement behind it. It's just everyone's so curious as to what what they're going to throw
1: too. Yeah. Like Mm
0: -hmm. there's a a whole aspect to it. Because in golf, if you switch from. One man, like Titleist to TailorMade. Yeah, it's not. You go from, I mean, I don't even know the names, but basically a driver to a driver. Like, yeah. it's, it's not as. Which is so funny, though, because specific.
1: The, the money in the sponsorship and manufacturing in golf is so much higher.
0: But it's just that the club has a different type of effect than a disc. Because, mm-hmm. like, the disc, it affects the entire, everything, like mm-hmm. the flight, the fade. Yes. So in golf, it does have a similar thing, but it's a less visual effect. So people don't really care. Yeah. He's hitting a 7-iron. It's a 7-iron. And, yeah. And in disc golf, it goes from a T-bird to a Mantis to a Raptor to a Felon to an FX2, and, like, you're just mesmerized by it.
1: It's also cool, though, seeing someone throw a disc that you maybe have never seen throw that way, too. Yeah. Right? So, like, players can come in, and they can almost—a disc that you think you know how it's supposed to fly— uh, a player could almost like you know completely flip that upside down and come come in and and completely show you. Wait, no, this disc can do this, this, yeah. and this, and you're like, oh my gosh! So well,
0: that's like it would be fascinating. Um, Chris Dickerson, for instance, mm-hmm. it'd be fascinating to see him with a company like Discraft. Because his play style is so much different than Paul's. Mm -hmm. Like the disc choices that, at least in my head, I've watched Chris, I know how the Prodigy discs fly. I watched the like mid and putter choices he makes. And then I've played with Paul and I watched the mid and putter choices he makes. Mm -hmm. So I think it'd be fascinating to watch a player like him go to like a a disc craft or something and just see like he might choose the wasp over the buzz or he might choose, or he might just throw the crap out of the focus or something, Mm -hmm. something weird. That like no one else is really does throwing he even throw thing.
1: a Doesn't even throw a uh, zone, just throws a ringer all over the place. Yeah,
0: like you never, that's what I'm saying. Yeah. It's, it's stuff like that is just fascinating because players will come in and latch onto weird discs that you never really expected. Well, it's
1: wild too because everyone thought like I would fall in love with the Comet, right? Like everyone was like, oh my God, you're going to love the Comet. You're going to love the Comet. I think I've thrown the Comet like three times. Yeah. And I was like, I'm not. I told you from day one. The Meteor is the disc that the I, yeah, the Meteor is like the mid that I fell in love with. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I'll be interesting. All right, let's do an ad read real quick. Oh, heck yeah. Before we jump into some superlatives. My yeah, phone yeah.
0: unlocked. All right, let's take a second to thank our sponsors. This holiday season, I'm giving thanks to our friends over at Manscaped. Give yourself or the man in your life who needs it manscaped and join the four million men worldwide who trust Manscaped with twenty percent off and free shipping with the code debate twenty by going to manscaped.com. You think your holiday spread is good? It's time to give the Give thanks to Manscaped Performance Package 4.0, or as I like to call it, the perfect package for your package. Inside, you'll find their lawnmower 4.0 trimmer, weed whacker ear and nose hair trimmer, crop pres- crop preserver ball deodorant, crop reviver toner, performance boxer brief, and a travel bag. Jeez, that's a lot to hold all of your goodies. Just think of it as a cornucopia for your balls as we head to Thanksgiving. Mm. Uh, Manscaped has been busy and just launched their refined body wash and two-in-one shampoo plus conditioner. Both feature the Manscaped Signature Scent and will help you unlock your confidence this year. Your boys and body will be oh so fresh and so clean when you start off your self-care routine with the Ultimate Body Wash, Shampoo, and Conditioner. And these, this all, the whole scent goes right in line with the ball deodorant and all their other products. They told me that one when uh, they sent the cologne that I've been using. It all lines up. So you can just use all the Manscaped products and your scent will be... Uh, what's uh, the homogenous that's not the word i'm going for but you know what i mean the mm. same uh anyways get 20 percent off and free shipping with the code debate 20 at manscaped.com that's 20 percent off plus a free shipping with the code debate 20 at manscaped.com be thankful this holiday season for the best gift of all from manscaped your balls will thank you
1: i will say the the light is an absolute game changer
0: yeah that was, I'll, that's I'll, the newest one on the 4.0 i'll just throw that out there right i now. had the 3.0 absolute game changer they sent with the 4.0 there's also wireless the, charging, so you can just sit in the dock and forget about it.
1: The shampoo and stuff that's coming soon? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Because I'm, I'm looking forward it's to it. It's on its way.
0: Out. It's on its way to us. I got the shipping notification today. I'm very excited to try it out.
1: Are you guys Are you guys mostly, like, the stuff that you use currently, Is do you like to do, like, the two-in-one kind of thing yes, where it's, like, shampoo, 1, and, sh- sh- shampoo sometimes, and body wash?
0: Sometimes no. I'll go... Th- no, no, no. Oh, no? you're an individual? I yeah. Sometimes I, I'm a three-in-one guy. Shampoo, conditioner, Whoa, body wash.
2: No, 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 no. Whoa.
0: But this is a two-in-one shampoo, so it's shampoo and conditioner. See, yeah. when
2: you have a little bit longer hair, you got to condition yeah, it. Yeah,
0: Silas, Silas does have a long hair. He's got to take care of it a lot different how, than how. How often me. do you wash your hair a week? Like twice a week. See, oh, I'm, a, I'm a seven to eight times.
1: It's, apparently you're supposed to only wash your hair a couple
2: times
0: yeah i don't yeah. i don't go for like that. it's not yeah.
1: healthy to wash your hair a
0: lot no, it like yeah, it strips, it. it's supposed to strip the oils and stuff yeah but yeah. like what the heck like what am i supposed to do after i ran no, six see, miles like, so my sisters get water no, on this is the thing that i, I this is the thing i learned is whatever you've always done is what you're supposed to keep doing because your hair adjusts so our hairs we shower every day produces oil way faster than silas's hair <laughs> silas showers once a week. Yeah, so like that makes sense basically once like if silas showers once a week or not showers once a week if silas washes his hair once a week whoa, my wife my wife whoa. was explaining this because she hadn't washed her hair in like a week and a half and i was like that's gross and she's like no it's not like my hair just doesn't get oily and i'm like my hair gets oily by the end of the day and she's like well that's because you wash it every day like your hair like adjusts to what okay. what's going on i like, just can't sense. i
1: can't see myself after working out going to bed without washing oh absolutely not like I, like I feel like I feel like it'll itch really what bad. Like just if water. I, I mean just to get all the sweat out? Yeah. That works. Yeah. I'm not trying. I'm it. too scared to I'm try it. I'm, I'm like, too I'm too deep in at this point yeah. to, to try you it. You
2: don't have much hair. I mean Whoa,
1: hey, okay, all right. It's still it's still there. It's slowly it's it's still there.
3: It's it's slowly
1: going away, but it's still there. All right, let's jump in here. Disc Golf Superlatives 2021. I did have a couple people tweet me saying, what is a superlative? And I honestly have no idea. Does anyone it's actually know? It's just like know? an award. But where'd that, where'd that yeah. word come from? I don't know. From? I only ever use it in yearbook.
2: Yeah, same. <laughs>
0: yeah, yeah you like, had your class superlative. Yeah, like at the right. end of the year. I won best driver, so. Wait,
1: how many, how many people did you go up against?
0: 28. Does that really yeah, count? that doesn't count.
1: Okay, thank you, Silas.
0: I still won best driver. All right,
1: well, I'm just saying you beat 27 people. So,
0: all right, I'm still, I mean, I still won best driver. Not I can't that take that away impressive.
1: from me. Impressive. Um. All right. So yeah, we came up with some of these, and then the person
0: we, who won worst driver backed into a tree and totaled their car you, within a. You gave that month. award to someone? Yeah, someone got worst driver. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, it was only because it was like an ongoing joke. Because within like a week span, they totaled their car, got it back. They were fine. They just like rear ended someone. Then they totaled their car, they got, they started driving their parents' car, and like two days later, backed into a tree in their driveway.
1: Their car insurance must so be the So how like did you get the, the best route. driver?
2: Yeah, what? what, like what makes I, you
0: the best driver? I just was the best driver. I'm flawless. I have a flawless driving record.
1: My guess is that okay. everyone had to get something. Absolutely not. Yeah, and, and so that was divvied them out. Yeah, no, like 100, 100, 100 100 best oh yeah, best driver, yeah. I
0: was on the yearbook committee that decided these.
1: Okay, so, so it's it was food. fixed. Yeah, it was fixed. It wasn't fixed. They fixed it. I didn't fix it. You fixed it. At least you didn't get Class Clown.
0: No, that was uh, that was actually the person, your real estate agent, got Class Clown.
1: Dark Horse. <laughs> All right. So well, <laughs> what we're, what we're going to jump into, most of these we picked, but we also had a couple people on Twitter with some good ideas as well. So we, we added those in. Those will be at the very, very end. But essentially what we'll be doing here is this is the 2021 MPO Disc Golf Superlatives. I will come up, uh, we'll kind of go back and forth with, we, we don't know what we picked. No. Sorry, we know what we picked. We but I know what know, I picked. Yeah, we don't, don't know what, you what the other person picked. I'm not picked. looking
0: at a screen, even though I could see it if I wanted to.
1: So what we'll do is we'll basically both say our person and then give like a little <laughs> of like why it is our person, right? And then the other person will go. And then after we both give our little, uh, you know, 15 seconds of why we picked that person, we can kind of try to, Say why your person shouldn't win and we should win. And then, Silas, you're the final decision of who picked the best person. I'm the jerk. Also, if you're uh, watching live with us, thank you for tuning in. We appreciate everyone watching in and not watching college basketball. Uh, you can also play along. Yeah, comment. And comment down below who you think uh, should have fit in that category. So we'll go first. Uh, I'll let you go first. And the first superlative is going to go to the best backhand
0: yeah so i was reading the comments you did you explain that you can't double up
1: no i didn't that's a great comment you cannot so we knew that made
0: things a little hard when yeah, i was picking things so we
1: knew all the categories going in so we kind of had to st- strategically pick who we wanted to go where so that way you can't like double down and yeah. pick someone like two so or you three can't times use someone more than once exactly. correct so like there might be someone that was better, but like they maybe fit a better category, if that makes sense.
0: Yeah. Now, that's not true for this first one. This was my first-round draft pick, but I would have picked this person for other things. I mean, I know who you're picking. Best backhand, gotta be Paul McBeth. I don't know how you can have an argument against it. I don't even think I need to make a case for it, but that's it. That's it? That's it. I, I let his game speak for itself. All right. I don't have an argument. I'm I'm gonna go with I don't need an argument.
1: Okay, I'm gonna go with Drew Gibson. And this is Okay, definitely this is, don't need an argument. And this is why I think it's Drew. Okay. I think he has shown, especially in the last year, that he can uh throw all sorts of different types of shots with his backhand. Um his flip up mid range game is uh a thing of beauty in the woods He's got the power to be able to, you know, crush some drives out there when it's open. I will say it's close.
0: I want to pose one question. To I
1: you. will say it's close. The one thing I would say with Drew's game that is lacking is I would say the putter. I would say Paul being able to throw his putters as well as he does uh, is a huge advantage. However,. Drew has been throwing in a crazy amount, crazy amount of shots. He threw one in at the Tour Championship. He aced on, uh, at USDGC. And even though his, his putter upshot game, I would say, is lower than Paul's, I would say the thing that gives him the boost, though, is his distance with his backhand.
0: Okay. Now, before you answer, Silas, I want to pose two questions to you. What? Not to Silas, to you. Okay. One. Mm-hmm. What is something that Drew can do with his backhand that Paul can't do?
1: I would say his his distance would be one.
0: How much farther do you think Drew throws than Paul?
1: I would say 50 to 75 feet. And then the second one would be, uh, I think his his hyzer flip backhand is better.
0: That's just an audacious statement. Okay. Second question. I
1: think Paul throws when he Paul throws straight. I think he releases on more of a flat line. And when Paul, thro- when Drew throws straight, he throws his really flippy bud. But you're
0: saying that Paul can't throw that shot?
1: I'm saying Paul doesn't.
0: He doesn't choose to because what's more consistent? A disc that doesn't have to flip up and isn't angle sensitive or a disc that has to flip all the way up and if you don't hit it hard enough, well, it might hyzer out or if you hit it too hard, turns more. The
1: late hyzer flip, though, is super beneficial because it allows the disc to uh, land flat at the end where the flat shot um, has a potential of uh, fading out to the left. It's close. It's very close. Well, my secondary I'm question... it's very close. My
0: secondary question is who is more consistent with their backhand? Paul. Yeah, exactly. Okay, I'll let Sal. Uh, I was
2: I was gonna say consistency is is the big thing here. Uh, I'm gonna go with Paul. Yeah.
1: I was trying to steal that one. Look you at New London. London. I was trying you to steal that London. one.
2: Look at New London. I had to
1: put. But, I put. I put Paul somewhere else. I had to okay. try to steal it. Okay. I Had to try steal.
2: Look it. at New London. Backhand, predominantly backhand. Yeah. Course.
0: Yeah, and Paul designed that course and for Paul himself. And Paul designed the
2: course. Yeah. And I, I think Paul and Beth takes. Takes
0: it on that one. Absolutely. All right. All right. So Fair I'm up 1 are 0. We, are we keeping score? Uh, I yeah. want to keep
1: score. Size, do you want to keep score? Do you have a thing to keep score? Do we have something? I'll just remember score? it. I have one point. No, no, no. We have so many categories.
0: I do not. Trust I will you. not forget how many points I have. I will forget how many points I have. Well, I will you just take so, my numbers. I will and get distracted. so heated that I will forget. Okay.
1: I do appreciate though everyone that does say Drew Gibson as well. I appreciate you out there. I, be fair, I just though. don't
0: get how people can argue that Drew Gibson has a better backhand than Paul. You
1: also can't tell me that Drew. Can't th- th- you can't tell me that Paul throws uh, fifty feet shorter than Drew.
0: You can't when have that. you ever seen Paul go for max distance?
1: When have you ever seen Drew?
0: All the time. No, 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 no. not on the course. No, 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 no. Paul gets a bad rep for his forehand and his backhand distance because he refuses no. to do things no. that put him in situations that he throws as far as he can. No. Go look at some of Paul's distance records. You can go on the end of a page. The dude has clocked like almost a 700 foot drive in like 2014 when he actually went for a distance shot. When is no. Drew, Drew in 700 feet?
1: You've played with both of them. Yeah. You've seen them both throw.
0: Yeah. And, and that's what I'm saying.
1: Paul has elite distance. I would say Drew is in a different category.
0: I think they both throw very far.
1: Yes. I never said that.
0: I would say Drew throws I would, a little bit further. I would say there's only, I would say Drew
1: is in a different, ca- I would say Drew is in a different category. There's a couple people up here by themselves in this category.
0: So you're putting Drew on the category of like Eagle, Simon, double G. Yes. I, don't, I mean, maybe. But I also think Paul could be in that category too. Is what I'm saying. I don't know what that All means. All right, Hunter's Okay, up let's go to the next one. one. I'm up one now. Okay, you're up. Best forehand. You're first. I was first last time. Oh, okay,
1: best forehand. All right. Stay with me here.
0: I'm wondering if we're going to have the same oh, answer for any of these. If, I don't wait, know. If we have the same answer, that's allowed? Yeah. That's allowed. We just yeah, both yeah. get a point.
1: No, I can't change my answer. Yeah. What the yeah. heck? Yeah, No, no okay. change. Best forehand, Andrew Marweed. Okay, hear me out. Let me. I'm gonna let, let you go. Thank but. you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you.
0: Let's hear the argument. Okay.
1: First off, I I know everyone's gonna say you know there's the the there's an answer that obviously makes sense, but again the, the goal is to try to get the best person for their category, and I don't think the person that everyone's saying for best forehand right now, that's their best category. There's another category for that person. Best forehand. So. Again, going back to the Paul Macbeth argument with best backhand, we went over short touchy shots. We went all the way up to power shots, okay, power distance shots. Also, when I think of best forehand, I also almost think of someone, and this is why I almost picked James Conrad for best backhand, because it is someone that is so good with their forehand that they can compete. On courses that people that are be able that have efficient backhand and forehands, Andrew Marweed would be the first to tell you that his backhand off the tee is not that great, and he's still yet able to compete on a lot of these top uh, top events. And I think especially late in the season, when we get into the more difficult wooded courses, you really see his forehand shine because he's able to throw all sorts of different types of forehands. I've played with him. He's got the power forehand. He's got the flip-up forehand. He's got the touchy angle control forehand. He's got all sorts of different forehands. And I think this year coming up is going to be kind of a breakout year for him. And I think right now the reason why a lot of people might be disagreeing with my answer is they haven't seen enough of him. But I'll tell you right now, his forehand is it, – it. if it's – it's got to be up there.
0: It's up there. It's got to be up there. But it's behind my pick. Mm. Nate Sexton. Nate Sexton is who Andrew Marweed is hoping to one day be.
1: Wow, that's that's a little... I don't think Andrew Marweed would appreciate that.
0: I think if, if you compared Andrew Marweed's game to Nate Sexton, he would be blown away by your generous compliment. The only thing...
1: Okay, keep going with Nate Sexton. Keep going.
0: Well, no, I want to be questioned on him. Are you done? Roasted. That's it. You my, think, I mean I have the most obvious Andrew, b-
1: You think Andrew Mar- Marweed is a poor man than Nate Sexton? Is that what you're saying?
0: Yeah, I would say that. That's fair. Okay. Cuz Nate Sexton, I, I think you haven't seen enough of Nate Sexton.
1: I'm going to I'm going to name a
0: shot that Andrew Marweed can do that you think Nate Sexton on, can't accomplish with a forehand. Hold
1: on. I'm going to I'm going to say something that one of my uh close compadres said to me uh on a van ride today. He's going he, he told me that Sexton has a very very good forehand however it is a very specific shot that he throws. He no. throws a couple discs. Incorrect. Off the t- This is what he's from Trevor, FYI. This is what he said. He says he throws a couple shot a couple different discs. I believe he said two different discs. I believe he said Already wrong. The um crap, I'm blinking on He the has hands.
0: the Orc, the X-Cal, the Sexton Firebird. The Firebird the and the X-Cal are the two. He, he also goes he Destroyer and Wraith. He didn't say Orc. Orc is like his go-to. He has he the also, Cherry Pie Orc. I'm, this so is. Trevor's invalid these are not, these Trevor's are not for my words. Trevor's invalid already. His most famous forehand not is, for, is the orc. Not probably.
1: for my words. But his his argument was. And you know what that orc does? He just throws.
0: Heiser flips, which Trevor thinks he can't do.
1: Yeah, Trevor doesn't think he can do
0: that. Yeah, that cherry pie orc, <pop> Heiser flip up, most iconic. I forehand feel like I throws. need. A,
1: I feel like I need to. I feel like I need to play with Nate Sexton.
0: You would be shocked. I don't. Here's my secondary argument. Did
1: I play with him in one tournament? Maybe once. I feel like
0: I did. Here's my secondary argument. If you look at USDGC, okay, Okay. we've talked about this before. People used to call it the forehand championship, but then you look over all the recent winners, Mm -hmm. backhand dominant, backhand dominant, backhand dominant, backhand dominant. You know who sneaks in there? Nate Sexton. The only other person that sneaks in there is Jeremy Coley. Where
1: did Marweed finish this year? I don't know. Where did he finish in, in comparison to Nate Sexton?
0: I'm not sure. But Nate Sexton has won the event. This year, Nate Sexton, you can't really compare this year because he hasn't been touring.
1: I know. I just He's out know, of practice right now. I just know Marweed. But Nate Sexton, the other argument is Nate Sexton has a very serv- serviceable backhand. Like his backhand's pretty solid.
0: So that would be like saying that because Paul has a good forehand, you okay, can't pick him for backhand.
1: So I just don't mention anything. He had an off week.
0: At USDGC? He had an off week. Andrew Marwe did? He had an off week. Okay, well. It was not. I rest my case to Silas to be the judge. It was not pretty.
2: All right. Well, I'm going to have to go with nate sexton no, on this one no, just too because too well. I, I i hope, you, like get I hope you get at least one said was correct
0: i hope you get at least one i think we have,
2: andrew marweed is trying to be nate sexton he's not trying to be no but he, not trying to be but he would love to be nate yeah
0: sexton. he would be very complimented if you said wow your game really models after nate sexton that I mean, would be like I a huge compliment it. to him which mm. means he can't be better than him mm. i agree okay.
1: with that. i can't i can't disagree with silas yeah, I can't. I'm, I, I'm, right. I'm not well, allowed to disagree. With that. There's so a lot
2: of people saying Nate Sexton in the chat as well. Yeah, the
0: chat. So, if the chat agrees with me. well, I
1: mean, I think so. we're also not looking at some of the other comments in the chat, but that's fine.
0: I'm not All looking right. at any of the chat right uh, now. I'm just looking at my list.
1: Third category we have is best distance thrower. Also, it could be like best power thrower. Both are, you know, the same kind of thing. Best power thrower kind of sounds better.
0: Now, this one, my first pick, I had to use somewhere else, so I will say that. But that's, what I I think, that's what I've done on the last
1: two. I think he stacked his cards early. Absolutely not. I think he stacked his cards Absolutely early. Not. I think he Absolutely his cards not. Because we'll
0: this see. guy, I think, can easily be up there with anyone you would possibly list. Mm. Mr. Garrett Gurthy. Definitely top tier distance class. Keep going. You yeah. can't argue against it's, that. Yeah. Can't. I will say there's a, maybe two players in the world that throw as far or possibly Who are those slightly people? farther. I would say Eagle's one of the two.
1: Okay, and my pick, Silas, is Eagle, and Eagle also and has fair. a very, very good forehand distance. Uh, some would say actually the most forehand distance. I will say
0: I did not know forehand so was factored. Eagle, into this. Eagle. I thought we were just talking raw, just like how far can you throw a disc? Best whether you're throwing, thrower. I thought we were just talking raw. How far can you throw a disc? Whether you're throwing backhand or forehand. No, it's great. How this? No, here's how far it's going.
1: But here, size. Yes. Here's the thing. It's great to be able to throw far one direction, one right. way, right? But it's backhand. a plus to have both. But if you can throw really far, and he said Eagle is one of the guys that can throw just as far as Garrett Gerthy on the backhand. Yes, I'll agree with I, you. I mean. would say that he could throw. Uh, let me just throw a ridiculous number out there: thirty-five percent farther forehands than Garrett Gerthy. I mean, I, if if yeah.
0: forehands are factored in, I lose. There's no way around that. Well, I mean, there's no way
1: around that. It's it's tough. It's when, when you I say hear, best power throw. it's hear, tough to only no, only no it didn't allow say power.
0: It didn't say power. Distance. Distance. So that's when fun. I hear distance, I'm talking. You're only far, thinking of your I'm talking distance. Throw? I'm talking distance. How far is a disc able to go from a person's body? Which yeah. Garrett Gerthy is throwing farther than Eagles forehand. But if you're which eliminates able to forehand, if you're, so you're able do to do both sides,
1: if you're able to do both sides, I feel like that's that
0: if that is in the case, then I agree. I'm out there's no I mean, way has there's to no be. way I, I disagree i, like it has that that to be. I mean intention.
1: silas silas can look at it however he wants to look at it but when i think of a best distance thrower and you give me one person that can Here, only here's throw a question. Backhand here's a question and one person that can do both
0: is is eagle ever stepping up to a distance competition and throwing a forehand actually trying to win it
1: 360 maybe a
0: 360 forehand yeah no because what would go farther for eagle his backhand or his forehand
1: that's not my argument, though. My well, that's, argu- that's what I'm asking. My argument, my I'm not argument arguing. isn't shoulder
0: again, though. Yeah, my, I'm not arguing too soon. I'm not arguing with you. I'm asking you a question. I would even argue. But, I'm just asking you a simple question. He would throw. It, he would he throw a backhand. backhand. So therefore, I'm going strictly off backhand, and I would. Sure. I would go Garrett Gurthy, I think goes toe to toe with Eagle, and with Garrett being a little bit more shorter, less wingspan, I think it's more impressive pound for pound. I think Garrett Gurthy is the farthest thrower in the world pound for pound No, pound for pound. No. Wingspan for Eagle wingspan. like 100 pounds. Yeah, wingspan for you. wingspan. Pal- Eagle weighs less than Well Garrett like, Girth well like height and wingspan <laughs> for height and wingspan. You might have just
1: lost yourself there with the pound You know for what pound. I'm saying? Okay.
0: Like in disc golf, wingspan is the number one thing. Eagle has a long wingspan. Garrett Gurthy doesn't. Longer wingspan. This is so. imagine is, imagine how far Garrett Gerthy could throw if he had Eagle's wingspan with his current technique. Last thing I'll something say. To think about. Last thing something I'll, I'll
1: say, Stylus. Last All thing I'll say Silas is again Hunter's going to shoot me down here, right? But his argument, if you look at like best backhand, best forehand, his argument, he's trying to say like one specific thing about best backhand, right? And like, oh, that person does that backhand throw better than anyone. You should pick him. I'm saying for distance, I'm going with backhand and forehand, but I'm also going with the fact that Eagle for his backhand can throw rollers farther than anyone. I have not seen Garrett Ger- Ger- Gerthy throw a roller. Because his
0: air shot can get that far. Then
1: the second thing is Garrett Gerthy's air shot is a very specific air shot. He throws far, yeah. but when he wants to throw super far, it has to be a very specific shot. Eagle can throw far whether it's a putter, whether it's a flip up, whether it's a turnover, whatever. Eagle has all sorts of different types of shots. He, yeah, so he he's more far. versatile. Yeah,
0: all right, well, I'm gonna that. go.
2: I'm gonna have to go with Eagle here.
0: That's fair. I'm Just because
2: that. of what Brody was saying.
1: Also, but, pound for pound, will probably be Paige Pierce. That she might be close that'd be for pound for pound. Yeah, because she can't
0: weigh more than hundred pounds. It'd be interesting to go Paige Pierce or Manabu Manabu Kajiyama.
1: Yes.
2: He, also, someone put uh, someone donated five dollars. Andrew Mills. Hey, thank you, Andrew. Said put some respect on Sexton's name, Brody. Yeah. Whoa, I
0: thank you. I didn't thank say you. he had a bad Andrew, forehand. Thank you. I did say he had a Thank bad you, forehand. Andrew.
1: Well, that person should donate another five dollars to tell uh, Hunter to put some respect
0: on the Eagle's name. Uh, yeah, when fair. they hear what that's I picked fair. Eagle for, <laughs> when I, when they hear what I picked Eagle for, they will take that comment back. They'll right. be like, "Wow, the you put a lot of all respect right. on the Eagle's Brody one,
2: uh, Hunter two. Hunter
0: has two. All right, the next one up is the best putter, mm. which I believe is your first.
1: Yeah, I'm gonna go. And you know what, Silas, you look like a guy that loves stats, so I'm gonna give you some stats. Okay,
2: I'm a statistic. Guy. All right.
1: I'm going to go with a guy by the name of Matt Bell. All right. He was 89% circle one X. Okay. Only a handful of people. I think two or three players were higher than him at 90%. And those two or three players only played um, a short amount of tournaments where the UDIS stacks came into play. Okay. You got to take that into account. All right. Also, he was 33% from circle two which again puts him at the very, very top of this list. So he's making putts inside the circle. He's making putts outside the circle. There is a name that might pop up that has better stats, and that person's name is Corey Ellis. Now, I don't want you to get too stuck in the stats with Corey Ellis if that's who Hunter picks because Corey Ellis only played a handful of tournaments. There's not as much data out there, and a lot of the tournaments that he played uh, were not windy tournaments.
0: Can you read me his circle one X and his circle two putt percentage, Matt Bell?
1: Eighty nine percent. Circle
0: one X. That was circle one X. Okay, and circle Thirty three percent. Okay, so let me introduce you to a man who one percentile shorter, worse than Matt Bell, eighty eight percent. It'll be important here in a second. Okay. Same exact circle two putt, thirty three percent. But important thing here, important thing. This man, Ricky Wysocki it's a His, no-brainer uh, yeah, yeah. no no no. Wait, no, listen now, listen. Here. no 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 he is put a uh, did a i interrupt you did i interrupt you at just okay no I, no we're not looking at just right, that because you got to listen let me explain what i'm saying here finish your argument one percentile difference okay same yes. exact circle two all right but i want you to ask yourself how many of those putts for matt bell were under pressure with the chance of to win i'd say maybe uh zero whereas ricky player of the year right a decent percent, maybe 30, 40, 50% of his putts have pressure on him, and he's able to achieve the same percent, 1% off, basically the exact same percent as Matt Bell with pressure on him and do it at a, a very successful rate. I, Ricky I, wysocki is I the best in? putter on can the Patriot Plan. Can I counter? I
1: believe the category is best putter, not best much putter or best putter That's not under I'm, market. Pressure. That, that I'm goes saying and then you also you or, I'm Silas, saying it's remember? harder to putt under pressure Silas. it's harder
0: so if if he was a if they were the exact same caliber putter then Ricky should be worse than Matt Bell by a significant bit because of how much pressure he's costs you under. remember you remember the putt you remember the putt to tie
1: Mason Ford. You, that, remember, you, you remember the and putt. You remember the conspiracy theory. Silas, that. you remember paid the putt? Him off. Yes. Silas. You, re- paid him off. you remember the putt that's End all of a gonna, paid him off. I'm just gonna say you remember you remember. We
2: were at New London. Yeah. I do remember
0: that. Don't lie.
1: You you were very, I'm you just were saying, very inquisitive about that. I'm saying that putt. to
0: be able to be basically the exact same percent with how much pressure Ricky was under week in and week out.
1: I'll I'll say one more thing. One more thing. I was on hole. This just shows you how bad I was playing at USCGc I was on hole eighteen. At USCGC, which kind of like count ca- um ca- counters. Counter- catacorners. What catacorners? Sure. Uh, hole one. And I'm trying to blank, I'm blanking on who I was playing with. I was playing with someone, and Matt Bell was like 55 feet up on the hill. Like he threw kind of into those bushes up on the hill, and the guy that I was playing with looks at me and goes, watch this, Matt's about to cash this, and just does his and just In the bucket, the only other person that putts the way that Matt Bell does from Circle Two, where you're just like, Oh my gosh, that's a thing of beauty, is Greg Barsby.
0: And there's a reason neither of them are world champions. Oh, frick, Greg (coughs) is. Greg is. (laughs) Whoa, (laughs) whoa, whoa, whoa. Thank you. Thank you. Come on. Give him some. Also, remember the
1: statistics. Yeah, please. One percent. Think about that. One percent.
2: I will say stats do
0: not lie. No, just think about the scenario. Oh, Patty Corner. Caddy Corner. Caddy Corner. Yeah. I said Caddy Corner. C- oh, Corner is close. Corner, Caddy Corner, same same thing.
2: Stats do not lie, but the pressure, the putting pressure is there.
0: That's a big factor. You got to you and gotta it weigh is that. And
2: a factor. So, I'm going to have to go with Ricky on yeah, this one. You got Just to. because Fair it's, enough. it's it's 1% off.
0: Fair enough. But that's the, good there's,
2: for there's there's ex more ex, more pressure. That's good for honoring. fan
0: trust. You would have lost a lot of fan trust if you went Matt Bell over Ricky Wysocki when he came to putting. You would have. So the fans the fans are I think people would have thought butts.
1: Silas was brave. I, I
0: think know. they would have thought that. thought that Silas was intimidated by you. No no, Silas not like, no no, they'd be like they'd be like there's no way this man is saying Matt no, Bell no, no, no. better Silas knows
1: that he can say whatever he wants and I will I will I will still think he's the man. Well, yeah. I, that's why he picked this, the right answer. This doesn't case. change my opinion of Silas at all.
0: All right, I'm <laughs> up 3-1. Three, 3-1. One. Three, three, one. One. All right. What's up next?
1: Next category we have is best dressed. All right. Who who's showing up that's looking fly? Who's showing up that's catching your eye? Who's showing up that's I'm blanking on the word right, that cool. rhyme thing.
0: Uh, so I'm going with... This is a tough one. This is a tough one because there's a several different choices that could have been made and it's all personal preference. Okay. So I'm going with the guy that I never once saw l- look... We'll put it this way. I would have never been embarrassed for this guy to be on the lead card and ESPN be covering. This guy okay. always looked well put together. Is Outfit always matched. His Mm -hmm. hair was always done. Fresh haircut every time. Never saw him be like, man, this guy really needs to have a haircut or a shave. That is Mr. Ben Calloway. It's a good pick. I think he carried himself with a lot of composure this year. He was on several lead cards. And when he did, he represented Discraft well by what he was wearing. Always looked professional and put together.
1: I mean, it's a very vanilla pick. It's a very vanilla pick. It's a very safe pick. Um, I'm going to go with someone... That isn't necessarily, uh, you know, when you look at Ben Calloway with some of his outfits, uh, something that pops in my head is like he could be looked at as like a golfer, someone that's going to go hit the links, right? Not someone that's going to go play disc golf. The person I'm picking is someone that you look at and you're, in, you might not even know what disc golf is, but you want to know what that guy's going to, and that is Joel Freeman. Now, Joel Freeman, if you look at this guy. Not and here's the other thing about Joel Freeman. If this is what's really, really impressive, some people, and I don't want to, you know, I don't want to call it Ben Calloway, but I'll call it Ben Calloway. Some people have, you know, the same outfits that they recycle. Okay. From tournament to tournament.
0: Cause they look good. They always look good.
1: Joel Freeman. I don't know how, how many outfits he has or how many pairs of pants he has or whatnot, but this man has an insane, dress code, I will say. And there are only a handful of people that could even potentially pull off what he wears. Uh and I think I think it's an easy I think he looks clean cut. Like he looks like he's well put together, but at the same time he's got stuff that pops. I think it's Joel Freeman.
0: Seventy five percent of the time I'd agree with you. 25% he shows up and I'm like, you push you push the envelope too far, Joel. (laughs) There was a time or two on live coverage where Liz was my wife was like, "What is that guy wearing?" And I was like I, I can't answer it this week. I don't know. Ben Calloway that never happened. He showed up, and every time it was like,
1: "I will say sometimes that it looks man like is Joel, ready to compete. Joel Freeman does look like sometimes he's going to his bowling league doesn sometimes,
0: but and not
1: but not always like that, he miss you you got to miss every once in a while.
0: Ben Calloway never once missed
2: so so you're saying Ben Calloway's a safe bet,
0: so safe. Like just Save vanilla. Yes. He he will all, if you showed up to the course. He is always going to look professional, vanilla. and yeah. I mean, I that's, that. I he's. That. I think when I think best dressed, I think Ben Calloway. They're synonymous. When I think best dressed, seventy five percent I think possibly Joel Freeman. Twenty five percent they're antonyms.
2: Yeah. All right. So what I was doing here, when when the when the when you said the question, I wrote down a name. Oh right. oh. oh. And that name was Joel Freeman. No way! Let's go! No way! So Joel Freeman, <laughs> wow, takes
0: it for me. Wow! <laughs> I can't even be upset. That's, ama- that's, that's amazing. That's incredible. Um, there so, are so many players that could have been picked there. There are. I, th- I think Joel Freeman takes it. All yeah, right. I can't. I can't argue with that logic.
1: I think he has the perfect the perfect combo. All right. Are we tied up now, twos? No, No, I got three. uh, Three to two. Three
2: to two. And
0: bro, you have two. All
1: right, we're on two. Glad you guys are keeping track.
0: Most improved. Yeah, this one's. This is interesting. Yeah, this
1: one's tricky. So, there's a lots of different ways that you can go about this. I'm gonna go with someone that uh, you know really, really kind of came out of nowhere and put themselves on the map a little bit. I'm gonna go with Gavin Rathbun. Okay. All right. Um, and these are his notable finishes with a couple of these, you know, having a, a couple of these, basically him having chances at winning and obviously none of them turned out that way, but he, he put himself in the, the equation. So he got seventh at Waco, eighth at DDO, third at Des Moines, 12th at preserve 18th at worlds. I think this guy is someone that's on the rise. Um, and, you know, I think he had injury late in, late in the season that really kind of hurt him from really finishing off a, a great season. But I think this is someone that um, went from, and when I'm looking at most improved, I'm going from someone that like was never in the conversation, never on anyone's tip of their tongue last year, to now people are talking about him, people are excited about him, um, and, and, and seeing what the uh, future holds for this guy
0: that's a decent pick um so when i think most improved i just think the ratio of how much someone improved i also think breakout season i think that goes hand in hand with most Mm -hmm. improved breakout seasons have to be memorable in order for something to be memorable i think there has to be wins no one's going to look back and remember i don't even remember who you said (laughs) that's where we're at but you'll always remember who i said because this is a memorable season for this guy two elite series wins his first two. Don't say it. National Tour and a Pro Tour win. Don't say it. This guy, Trevor even predicted, hey, this guy's about to have a breakout season. This is this guy is going to improve so much this season. You can go back to his Twitter. Almost his exact word. to paraphrase a little bit. Uh, Mr. Adam Hammes.
1: Oh, okay. Yeah. That's not who I thought you were going with. I thought you were going to say Kyle Klein.
0: No, not Kyle Klein. Another decent pick. Uh, but I'm going with Adam Hammes because okay. I think that he was a player who last year kind of was in the mix but you, you couldn't tell if he had hit his ceiling or not or not you it was kind of like man this guy could be good but he just can't get out of his own way this season he got out of his own way and he improved drastically gavin rathbun that's who you said right mm-hmm. unforgettable season uh he went from you know we kind of knew his name he was a florida guy i don't to, think that made now, people know his name to now if you were in disc golf you did You kind of knew his name. Then to now we still kind of know his name. He he went on tour for the first time this year. So like it's hard to even know if he improved because he wasn't touring the year before. Adam was on tour the year before. We can look directly at no win season, two win season, and one of them was MVP open. One of the hardest events.
1: I think the thing though, Silas, you gotta take into account here is you know, the reason why I didn't take Kyle Klein, right? Kyle had an incredible season as well. I didn't take Kyle Klein either. Um, is because we all kind of saw like the improvement was already happening towards the end of the season right and if you're already improving previous year then you're not coming into this year with the same how do you know
0: Gavin Rathbun improved
1: how do I know I yeah. looked at his season prior to the season Well, was here. how
0: many pro tours did he play the season prior
1: prior a decent amount but curious. if I'm looking at if I'm looking at adam Hammies here, he got 13th at the Tour Championship, so he was already in the Tour Championship last year. Tour Championships
0: year. an awful. Oh, you're talking about last he year. He
1: got yeah last year. He got 10th at USDGC. That's pretty good at a major. He got 16th at Jonesboro. He ended up getting set, uh, fifth at Wild, second at a Silver Series, seventh at Deagle. Silver Series means nothing. Fifth at Waco. So just there now, alone, How many?
0: How many wins did he have that season? No, he,
1: okay. no, I agree. I agree. Making the jump from top 10s to, to wins is huge. I agree.
0: Well, what would you say is harder? To go from like playing local A-tiers to coming in like maybe 20th? Averaging like 20th, 25th? I would say your or game... Or winning on the Pro Tour. I would what, what's, say, the, what's the harder jump to make? Going from 20th but we're not, to win? We're not saying... Or, but, I'm, just, I'm just No, I, I agree, but we're not I saying... might prove me wrong.
1: We're not saying who did something that was harder. Obviously, it's harder to win well, than to cash it, at wouldn't an event. Wouldn't you have to
0: improve more to be able to do something harder?
1: Do you think I improved more in my first year or my second year playing disc golf?
0: Well, are you going from zero to a hundred? are you going?:
1: No, my first year playing disc golf? where I started to where I ended my first year to where I started my second season to my s- second year?
0: I think they're very comparable in different ways. Okay.
1: I would just say as you're getting better and better and better, there's less room for you to improve. but you're
0: improving more within those increments because it's harder to make that jump.
1: This is going completely against our argument the other day. It's, it's cuz it's a different <laughs> argument. It's it's the argument is like the improvement that it takes to go from like a 10 minute mile to like an 8 minute mile is not nearly as hard than it is from to go from like a 4:15 minute mile to a 4 minute mile. I don't think that's the argument here. I think we're looking at who made the biggest jump in improvement. I think it's easy from someone that no one really was talking about the previous year cuz he wasn't playing events. The other person that you could say is like a Gannon Burr. But Gannon Burr, I think, this was his rookie season. His rookie season, but also Gannon Burr was good from the very get go. Like, Gannon Burr, like, got shot out of cannon. So it's like, we, no one really knows where he came from. All so, right, we'll all right the, Saas, what a, you got? Time
2: for the bird. All right, here we go. I think we're, we're not just looking at standings necessarily. Because mm. if, if Paul got second every tournament and now he's
0: getting first every tournament, well, that's a massive improvement he improved by 50%. 100% okay. actually. It's a 100% improvement. Or like he's Compared got a little bit someone who got
2: who was in 50th but placed top they'd have to get in the top, top 25. Okay, top 25. Like yeah. I think I think But now the, you take
0: someone who's been playing locally and wasn't even placing on pro tours because they weren't playing them and now they're placing on pro tours. How do you know they improved? They're the most improved. How do you know they improved? He could have been just that of their good standings. He could have been just that good at the A tiers. It just not been playing on the pro tour. He could have got worse this season. We'd have no clue. We'd have no clue. I'm going. He played at tournament last year. All right. I won't argue as, with Silas. The most improved. I won't argue with Silas. He's wrong, but I won't argue with him.
1: We can't argue with him.
2: I,
0: I'm not.
1: We're not allowed to. I can say he's wrong. All right. Next it's category. I love it this. It is
2: now, it's tied up 3 3. Yeah. I love it. It's tied up. Next
1: category. I love this category. Brody paid him off. Most likely to be a world champ that hasn't already won. Yeah. So this is I why I this category. This is why I, I
0: saved the one and only Eagle McMahon. Mm. 100%. There's no mm. other answer. I don't okay. know how you can argue around that answer.
1: I can. I'd like to see you try. I can, and the answer is Chris Dickerson.
0: Yeah. Okay. That's hilarious.
1: How many majors has Eagle won? One. How many majors has Chris won? One. Okay. There you go. Silas, to you. Well,
0: no, because Dickerson is That's entirely it. dependent on the course. Um. Eagle. Who is a better overall player, Eagle McMahon or Chris Dickerson? Eagle. Who's younger, Eagle McMahon or Chris Dickerson? Eagle. This, will, is the only, this, this is the
1: only thing, thing, thing I'll say. Eagles okay. hurt, first off. Okay, you yeah. got take that and count.
0: It wasn't yeah. a serious injury that's already been confirmed. He All might right. already be back to 100%. He might
1: be back. Okay. The other thing I'll say, though, is the one thing I haven't seen from Chris Dickerson. Okay? Because at USDGC, he had a lot of pressure. And we talked about this earlier, right? Pressure putting. He had a lot of pressure with Calvin chasing him down. Terrible weather. He wasn't playing that great. And he fought it off and still won, right Yeah we haven't seen Eagle do that yet in the biggest stage the Not biggest in the biggest stage page, we spotlight. saw him do it
0: five times though this year
1: but but just how you just how you look down upon Silver Series, you have to have the same look down upon elite series compared to majors. you have to because it's the next step up. you can't say Silver Series. You can't can't say Silver silver Series series don't matter. No, the
0: reason I say Silver Series don't matter is you never know the field of a Silver silver Series. Silver Series. But a Majors
1: field is way better than an Elite Series field.
0: Oh, so the top players aren't Elite Series?
1: Not all of them. I didn't even realize Ricky didn't play uh, Des Moines. I completely forgot about that.
0: That's just one random one.
1: I mean, how many random top players need to not show up for it not to be
0: matter? If Ricky and Paul both don't show up, then that's a bad tournament.
1: So what about Ricky and Eagle?
0: That's also be a bad tournament.
1: What about Ricky and Kyle Klein?
0: Yeah, if two of the top four players, so Ricky, Eagle, Paul, Calvin, if two of those four didn't show up.
1: What about Kyle? it—it It is. You got Chris
0: Dickerson. Notice how much he's having to argue because he knows that Eagle no, no, McMahon no, no, is a better pick. And no, he's no, trying no, 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 I'm
1: just saying that's something to think about. That's something to think about. Who
0: would you say is percentage-wise more likely to win a world Wait, title? What,
1: what major did Eagle win?
0: Day. All right. I will say you can't I make say that face. Is. You never even watched that tournament. I didn't make a face. I just looked at Silas. Y'all both have never even seen. Come I East just State. looked
1: at that. I just looked at Silas and Chris Dickerson won USDGC with everyone coming down his back.
0: And disc golf's bigger in Finland, and he won Eagle One tournament. In Finland. How? What year was that? 2018.
2: All right, here we go. Okay, here we go. Uh, Chris Dickerson doesn't play in the West Coast events,
0: correct? Most, of the, time. Not Most that, of the time. Not that much.
1: It'll be interesting to see what he does this year.
0: It's it'll always be, interesting. It'll be interesting to see what yeah. he does. So if this there's year. a Worlds on the West Coast, <laughs> he's never been over there. No, he went
2: to Utah. He was there, I'm pretty sure.
1: Yeah, if there's a World,
2: there. If there's a Worlds on the West Coast
0: and He'll he hasn't be there. been there, he would go there, well, but then, he'd be learning the courses blind. Exactly. The Eagles have been playing him since he was 16. Mm-hmm.
2: I think that's a very valid point. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to have to go with Eagle McMahon Absolutely. on this Fair enough. Absolutely. Fair enough.
1: Absolutely I, I tried for Chris with
0: all my might. I,
2: I think if a, he went to job. the West Coast and he progressed and he learned West Coast courses, I think he could be in contention.
0: I just also, think, apparently, I just Utah
1: think, is not the West Coast. Apologies. Yeah, I was going
0: to say, Utah Jeez. is the Midwest.
2: Sorry,
4: sorry.
1: Big apologies. All right. Next category. You're going first. We've got uh, Best in the Woods. Now, this. The Woodsman.
0: This is where I'm taking Chris Dickerson. And this is where I think Chris Dickerson would have more of a shot at worlds than Eagle would. You put him in the woods. I just don't know if there's a better player in the woods. You know, the only ones that other ones that snuck in my head is like a Michael Johansson type guy. Like someone you just get in the woods and they're just randomly going to pop off. You know, like the only,
1: the only person that might be better in the woods is maybe someone that's won five majors, five world titles. Paul McBeth. He's pretty good in the woods.
0: He's decent. Yeah. It's
1: pretty good in the woods.
0: He's decent in the woods, but would you say Paul's known for wooded golf?
1: I don't think that's what the question is. Best well, in the well, woods. I
0: figure if you were the best in the woods, you'd be known for wooded golf. Chris Dickerson, I mean, I feel like if you get in the woods, Chris' name but then, always pops up. But then up.
1: Andrew Marwi would have been the right answer for forehand because he doesn't have a backhand. He's known for his forehand, but that's not how size picked it.
2: Okay. Hey, arguments? Is that arguments?
1: My argument is Paul McBeth has proven that he can win in the woods majors world titles elite series doesn't matter he's got the backhand he's got the forehand he's got the touch he's got the scramble ability he's good enough to putt anywhere uh straddle doesn't matter on one knee
0: and I would argue Chris Dickerson I don't think I don't all think, of that, and he plays more wooded courses throughout the year because he doesn't leave the Eagles. I think
1: Coast. the only time people are saying that Paul isn't the favorite to win a tournament is when it's on a golf course in someone like Eagle that has just the raw power and the ability to throw 700-foot rollers. Um, I think that's the only time.
0: I mean, Chris Dickerson just has more experience in the woods. He never goes to the West Coast. He he,
2: he never goes to the West Coast
0: because but now you're how, now
2: you're comparing like world champion to a world forest golfer.
0: Well, but it's not it's not who has the most world championships. It's who's the best in the woods, right? Not all you have to be good. In the not league. all the Paul's world think, championships are in the woods.
1: You just got to think like too. Like you look at one course, of the
0: more wooded world championships. You look at a yeah. course like New London 2018 loses to Greg Barsby.
1: You look at a course like New London. There's New, a reason. He, there's a reason he made that course in the woods. Would
0: you call that a wooded course?
1: Yes. The
0: heck is Semi, wrong with you? That's a very open wooded course. That's a very open wooded course compared to what my boy Chris Dickerson's dealing with in I Tennessee and North Carolina. It's super wooded. It's
1: not super wooded, but you're not saying that's an open course. It's
0: open woods. I wouldn't use that as a factor to determine who's good in the woods. I would not use New London as a factor to determine that.
1: I'm just saying, if Paul didn't like playing in the woods, he would not have created New London the way he created it. That's what I'm I saying. I disagree. He, he would have gone to a golf, wouldn't golf have a choice. course. He, wouldn't he would have, have gone trade. to a golf course and just made a, made a temporary course on a golf course and said, I want this to be like a big tournament. I don't know.
2: It's he, it's he tried it's doing tough.
0: that, actually, first. It's Ivy tough. Hill. Arguments that was his first choice.
2: Okay, so Arguments yep, have been made. Yep. And I think Paul McBeth Takes it down. I think. I think that's it, takes it down. card. It's a trump card. It's oh. a trump card. Yeah, whatever you pick, Paul
1: for you he's gonna win. It's the trump card. So I, mean, I, I, I almost, would. I, take, I almost Snucky got Drew, and that would have been a double whammy, and I would have loved it, but. I'll take, I'll take one for one. I would
0: take Paul team. over Chris in the woods, to be fair. Let's yes. just clear that one up. I was just making an argument to try to win. <laughs> All right. Well, no. Our, our,
1: <laughs> when we're doing this, we're not saying the other person. I had already picked work. Paul. Yeah, we have, to, we have to try to argue our guy. Yeah. yeah. That doesn't do necessarily, that's, what, that's what makes it fun. Yeah, that doesn't I, yeah. necessarily mean that we believe it. It just means like that's who we have. And, right. Okay.
2: Because yeah. you could pick the other person for the other category. Exactly. If it's them. Exactly. So. Yeah,
1: All right, what's our time. score at?
0: Four to four. four, to four. Ooh, going
1: in. All right, number nine, we've got... Most likely to cause a backup.
0: This is you first, I believe. And We both pick the same person.
1: All right. Well, then. Five to five. Silas, we don't even need you. I would definitely agree on that one. Silas, we don't even need you. We can move forward. Five to five. All right. Number 10. Most likely to lose a disc on the range.
0: All right. Now, this one, you're going to have to just trust me. Okay? Because this isn't a big name on tour. Okay. This, but this is someone who I guarantee you, if you go percent of time throwing on the range to percent of time looking for discs on the range, this person has to be leading. Lance Brown. Oh, we picked the same person. Did you really? Did we really? That, that,
1: Lance Brown, I have found, because I like to, after after their, you know, when I play poorly, which is a lot, I, I, I like to go to their range and throw. Yeah. I have found three of his discs throughout the season just randomly out in the fields. So... He he obviously lost those, so it's gotta be Lance. Bro. Yeah,
2: I had a feeling that's what y'all are gonna pick. Yeah, oh, okay. Yeah. So yeah, we're all right. On we're, right. we're moving. We're moving forward. <laughs>
1: no, moving thick, forward. Thick, sorry. sorry, Lance. All six right. to six. This is a good one. Best hair. Yeah, this is a great. Is one. this me? This is you first. Now. Okay, I'm gonna go with someone that potentially I. What this person is modeled after, I don't know if this person would have become as famous as we picked this the same person, hundred percent. I don't think this person would be nearly the artist that they were if they oh, did. not. If they didn't have this hair.
0: Oh, okay, we definitely didn't pick the same person. I'm
1: going with Zach right. Melton. We didn't pick the same person. Okay, Zach Melton. If you look at Zach Melton when he goes full Zach Melton mode and he gets that uh, headband going and he gets the poof going, okay, he looks. Very similar to a Bob Ross, all right? And if you ever have seen Bob Ross, his painting's good, his painting's decent, but his hair, his hair is what the people came for. And so if a man like Bob Ross making paintings can just get millions of viewers to p- have people tune in because of his hair, there's no reason Zach Mellon should not win Best Hair.
0: Well, there is a reason because there's someone standing his way. I just want to do a, I want to do a quick Google search here just to see if I can find... Um,
1: where are you showing photos? No, I just, show
0: wanna, photos? I just want to I just want to I just want to see a little something something here. Um, if I can find the right you picture. Something something. This one's close. This one's close. We can go with this one. So, if I just do a quick Google search of Zach Melton, I can find him without his iconic afro. Okay? Well, Okay, but no. You have not, to work I, for. I, it. I, you have to work for it. He is at plenty of an age to have the afro. If I did a Google search for Mr. James Conrad, I could not find him without his hair because that is his brand. James Conrad, without his ponytail, is he the same player? No, he's not. There's no way around it. He James Conrad has modeled his disc stamps, everything around his hair, and Silas, he's got long hair like you. They, y'all got to stick together as well. I will say... Zach Melton, I knew before Bob Ross days... No one knew James Conrad before the James Conrad days.
1: That's will, a hard one to beat. I will that, say his like slow mo intros, where he like whips his hair out. It's, it's iconic. Is uh, it? It's just. Do you like the fro, or do you like long hair? It's not even that. It's, I mean, that's what it is. Oh, well, I think it's just an opinion.
2: James Conrad is modeled after his hair more than Zach Melton is. Yes. And so I'm gonna go with James Conrad. Yeah. It's
1: yeah. a good. that's a good.
2: I mean, that's, that's all i got it's not much i can say so hunter all. hunter takes it seven to seven six. six seven to six
1: all right we have best tantrum okay best tantrum
0: roll with me a little bit here silas all right <laughs> this one's coming out of the left field a little bit but all right if you stick with me best tantrum this year happened at the world championships <laughs> There's only one answer here. Oh, no. Did we pick the same answer? This is the PDGA after Brody paid $1,000 for the driving range. <laughs> That's got to be the all-time best tantrum that we've seen. It was a. It actually kind of turned into a full meltdown <laughs> and scrambling uh, of trying to figure out what was going wrong. I thought and we picked how, the same one. And but... how one singular person <laughs> was able to reserve this driving range when they didn't. So... It's a little bit out of left field. I could see getting not getting bonus points for it not being an MPO technically, but it was caused by an MPO player, and all I mean, right. d- d- uh, entire organization meltdown <laughs> tantrum is. I mean, it's gotta be bonus points there. All right. Oh, all right. I
1: don't think I'm gonna win this now, but I will say this is this is at least a funny story for you to hear because I probably won't win. Um, this also happened at Worlds. Okay, I believe were there five rounds at Worlds. And there was a cut after the fourth round. Something like that, maybe. I think so. So this was was the final round for this player. On hole 16 at Worlds, it's the hole where you're up top, right? And you throw down to the little island green. I believe I was like on hole eight or something, seven or eight at the time. And so I could see out of like my peripheral hole 16, okay? And I see, for those that don't know and listening, Hole 16, just to give you a visual if you didn't see it, it's super on top of a hill, throwing down to island. If you don't make it into the island, you either re-tee, which who would do that, or you go down and you have like a 45-foot jump putt. But your jump putt is OB. So you still are throwing like a little 45-foot jump putt onto an island, okay? So out of my peripheral, I see a disc coming from the drop zone 70 miles per hour at the basket. And I just, I don't see the throw. I just see the disc and I'm like, what the heck? And I turn my head and I look and it's Patrick Brown
0: <laughs> at, yeah.
1: at the drop zone. And he immediately just picks up another disc and just, again, just wings it like a hundred miles per hour at the basket. Patrick Brown took a 13 at whole 16 at worlds. I got the story. Apparently he was on the tee and decided that he was not going to leave until he threw it on the Island. But I guess it got to the point of where he threw so many shots off the Island that then he, they like, he was like forced or like, I don't know what happened. They finally went to the drop zone. And then he was like, I'm not leaving until I make the shot. So he threw shots to where it was either going to slam into the chains and make it or be a hundred feet out of bounds. That's got to go down as one of the best tantrums of all time.
0: That's pretty great. Oh, boy. Patrick Brown's <laughs> the reason I put a Firebird in my bag originally. Really? Old Indiva in the bag. Yeah, it was he 10 cup.
1: Him, it was straight, t- straight out of 10 cup.
0: He called them fire chickens. He's like, everybody's got to have a fire chicken in their <laughs> bag. And I was like, you know what? He's right. I need a fire chicken in my bag.
2: I, all right. I think there's some... So, for Hunter, technically not in the MPO. That's fair. That is fair. But the player that... Causes in the MPO. Not well. I guess you could say cause. Yeah. Uh, and then what was his name? Patrick. Patrick Brown. Brown. Okay. Yeah. Patrick I can't even Brown. Can't remember his name. Can <laughs> it
3: I be don't know this guy. If
2: you don't know his name, I mean, the only thing I wish was that we could have got like some video. Or yeah. Something. Something about it. I mean,
0: Brody could have made that entire story up. I no, I did.
1: You can look on UDisc. He got a thirteen. Oh well, yeah, I, but, I but we can't
0: we can't look at how he got that thirteen. That tantrum wasn't on camera. Oh, people know. People know. I didn't. So, know.
2: for that reason, there, I'm gonna have to go with the Patrick Brown. No, oh, yes! only because you.
0: This is rigged.
2: Only because it it wasn't an MPO. I respect it. I respect it. Wasn't it wasn't an MPO. I respect that's that out of
0: the rules. Yeah, it's kind I of a jerk you. move, though,
1: Silas. <laughs> <laughs> I, I respect right. that. I respect that. So,
0: what, what's the score? The score are we tied update? up again? 7 7. Tied up, 7 7. All right. Damn.
1: Yeah. All right. I had to throw this in here. This is a great category. The category is most likely to get freaky.
0: It's you first.
1: All right. I'm going to go. And uh, this is, again, these are kind of all open for interpretation. Like, what does that mean, get freaky? I'm going to go with the idea of like someone that is like going out of the box, right? Yeah. Like, for example, hole two at Worlds this year at the fort was a 180-foot, 200-foot straight putter shot across the water, right, with trees all over the place. But you just had to throw it through this little gap, and then you get yourself a birdie and you move on, okay? Everyone's throwing putters. Some people are a little bit on the wild side with, like, the flip-up forehand. I'm going to go with the man that decided to throw a grenade through a gap the size of a basketball, and parked it and that is none other than kevin jones uh this is also the man that uh never lays up also the man that continually will throw shots that forces his body to contort and he ends up on the ground just to spring up like a spring chicken uh kevin jones is an absolute maniac and has never seen a shot he didn't like so when i think of get
0: freaky um I'm thinking someone who's just, like, unpredictable and also just refuses to go with the flow. The flow's going one way. He goes the opposite way. Uh, and that is why I'm going with Drew Gibson because everyone, everyone sponsored by Manufacturer, open bag. Oh,
1: back. I see what you did.
0: Everyone, everyone, you know... All the normal th- bad companies getting sponsored by bad companies. He's like, you know what? This year, not only am I not going to be sponsored by a bad company, I'm gonna go so retro that I'm carrying like a wide tournament backpack. I'm not even carrying a backpack. He's going, you know, hey, this com- I'm throwing the buzz so well that Discraft should be paying me to throw the buzz. No one else is thinking that. No one, no one. He's in a different room. We're all we're all sitting around a table talking about manufacturer sponsorship, and we're, we all of a sudden look up and we're like, where's Drew? Drew's not even in the room with us. He's in a different room talking about a whole other thing because he's gotten so freaky that he's not allowed in the room anymore. And he's like, you know what? They're not going to pay me. I'm just calling this a mid-range. I'm not calling it a buzz. It's a mid-range. That, to me, is the embodiment of uh, someone who has gotten freaky, if you will.
1: Your answer's so bad I wasn't prepared. How is that bad? For, I wasn't even prepared. that bad? Well, because I wasn't even prepared for Drew because he's not freaky at all. Uh, I was prepared to go up against Simon because I thought that was a favorable thing. But I think I think I thought someone was going to pick that. I think I think Paul broke Simon when they played this year, and he started throwing like Paul lines and started seeing like, oh wow, I can actually be very competitive if I don't have if I don't throw crazy shots. So I, that's how I was going to compete against that. But you went Drew. I don't have to say anything. I mean, it's obviously the guy that's throwing grenades all over the place.
0: Well, it depends on your definition of freaky. Drew, Kevin just kind of. Has fun, Drew's lifestyle is freaky. Nothing Drew does is cookie cutter. You can never predict his next move. Like oh, I, I didn't know
1: we were talking about like most freaky off the course. Well,
0: you the, the prompt I got no was, was the That's prompt true. I got was most likely to get freaky.:
1: That's true. I mean, if that but was the I case I isn't. don't think Drew's the answer. I think there's a lot of other guys on Twitter. That, that was get the first one that came to my mind.
0: That was the first one that came to my mind Just saying I just don't think you can predict what Drew's going to do next.
2: Okay. All right, I think kind of Drew freaky. is a very unpredictable guy. I think Kevin is very interesting and creative with his shots. But I'm going to have to go with Drew on this Heck one. Heck yeah.
1: Heck yeah. Because
2: he does not go with the flow, no, and he does pieces. his own thing. Felt, exactly. like exactly. felt like I got stolen That's
1: there. Felt like I got stolen there. That's a great one. That one hurts a little bit. Appreciate it, Silas. That one hurts, it, Silas, I that one hurts it. a little bit. All
0: right, this next one, I'm the first to say it, right yeah you go the next one on my list is the most likely to hit first available i don't have a case for this person it's just a gut feeling and i feel really bad i love this person i think they're funny i think they're great but i just think that in a tournament for some reason this is the one that i'm the least surprised if i'm watching a lead card and this guy hit first available it's jeremy Kohling. Oh. I just think he his confidence is just oh. not there.
1: I'm going to win this easily.
0: I don't think his confidence is there. Uh, forehand definitely not, definitely not hitting first available. Backhand though, I just feel like he like sometimes is too scared to throw the shot that he needs to throw. Same thing on putting. He looks kind of scared when he puts. So, I, I mean. That was just that was just my gut reaction. I don't really have an argument. I don't have stats to back that up. I actually I do have stats to back that up. He was the first name that surprised me in fairway hit percentage, which I think means you're hitting first available because you're not hitting the fairway. It was like 66% on the year. You're surprised by it though. I was scrolling down and I was looking for a big name. That was like, wow. And then as soon as I saw Jeremy Cullen, I was like, that actually kinda of makes sense. I can see I can like picture the moment of him hitting first available and then turning it into an iconic, funny moment. Like that's just such a germ thing to do. I don't know. Uh,
1: I mean, I I think I got this one easily. This person, uh, they've been struggling. Uh, their forehand is absolute garbaggio. Uh, hole one at Worlds was a pretty simple backhand shot. Uh, they uh, they they missed the Mando. They blasted into trees. Uh, they have no confidence currently off the tee, and that is uh, myself.
0: Mm-hmm. I mean, you got to go with him. I can't even argue that. I, I, mean, I played with I played with both of them and Brody's hit first available more than Drew Gibbs, more than Jeremy Coley.
1: I mean it's an obvious answer here.
0: I, I think Brody takes it.
1: Did you did you watch the video today at, at uh Camp Hideaway? I mean, I was just spraying shots. <laughs> I mean, it's I mean I'll take yeah, one for fun. the team to get a point. You know? I'll that's take fun. one to, for the you, team you get you to get a point. How you bad would
0: you have felt point. if I would have picked you?
1: I thought you were going to. I didn't even think about it. I thought you were going to when you were saying like, "I like this guy, he's funny." No, I was like, "Oh my god, he's gonna pick me!" And then I didn't just pick even, the same person. And we don't even get the. I only get a point from it.
0: I didn't even. I didn't even cross my mind for oh. any of these. I just wasn't even thinking of he was an option because I was like going against you. you
1: no, know, I'm always well, an option,
0: Brody. You tied it back up.
1: So. Let's go. Let's go. All oh, right, god, here we, love we love go. We got a couple more here. Now these are starting to get. Uh, these are starting to get these a little. These are now wild. going crowdsource. These are crowdsourced questions now what pro would you want to survive in the wild with okay now how i viewed this when when the word survive comes that means i i'm in a situation and i'm also in the wild so i need someone that has some sort of understanding of you know how to make fire how to make shelter how to like fight off a boar how to find food But then I also need someone that I won't just like want to push off a cliff, right? I can't have someone that I get absolutely annoyed with. So I'm going with the one, the only Ezra, okay? Mm. Ezra, smart guy, first off, okay? He probably knows how to build a fire. He also probably knows how to build a shelter. Also, he can literally knock down a tree if we need wood. Easy, boom. Fight a boar, not worried about that at all. You've got savages coming to try to raid your camp, not worried at all. Also, I spent, I don't even know how long that drive was, but it was from Phoenix to Dallas or something like that. It's like an eight or 12 hour drive with just him and me in the RV. Had a great time. As so easy I, pick.
0: I interpreted this question slightly differently. I, I interpreted it as like the surviving wasn't a question. It just
1: was was just in the question.
0: Well, it says, like, who would you like to survive in the woods with? Like, to me, surviving was inevitable. It's just, like, who would you want to be stranded with in the woods?
1: Interesting take.
0: So in my head, I immediately went, who is going to, like, constantly have a positive outlook on everything? Because, like, I'm going to get down. Like, day 14 of just, like, we got to eat fish for dinner again. I'm going to be like, this sucks. So I need someone who is just going to be, like, super happy uh constantly positive their 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 spirit isn't gonna get broken and they're gonna be constantly uplifting and get us to like they're just gonna keep the everything happy and to me that person's kevin jones i think kevin jones is just gonna be bopping around in the woods you know maybe we'll like make some edm tracks out of some tree bark or something i don't know (laughs) But that's what I'm thinking. I'm thinking uh, my I wasn't thinking just raw. We have to survive skills. I was thinking like we're surviving no matter what. We got bear girls with us, but bear girls can't talk. So I got I got to have someone who's just keeping me focused and like keeping me happy as we go along. And that was Kevin Jones.
1: You're not making it a week because Kevin's gonna go out find some berries that look very appetizing, bring them back. Make it like into like a well, little, again again you have to remember, a little soup and their poison berries you and you're remember, done you have you to just, remember in
0: my scenario you're done <laughs> he, he's
1: gonna make you eat poison
2: berries in
0: my scenario surviving's inevitable we're surviving no matter what it's just who would you like to do that with
2: so read, that was the question the question, question again read
0: also i also think kj would it, leave you i, I think he it, would leave you i wrote it on my phone so i don't know where the miscommunication was i wrote in mine as a deserted island like you're just left on an island okay brody what did you know so this, was this is copy like, and
1: pasted from twitter yes what pro would you want to survive in the wild with
0: See, to, like, to me, to me like survival's
1: like, not guaranteed
0: i don't like
2: would you want to try i to don't survive? think survival is guaranteed and I Kevin think. Jones
1: would also leave you. That's the other thing. He would like See, go like out.
0: Also not the, that wasn't, it also wasn't on the table. It was like what you. What do you mean
1: he w- was I Again,
0: I wrote it as deserted island. So I'm thinking like you and this person are just stuck.
1: No, on, on a deserted island. island, he could leave you. The deserted island can be a big island just because it's an island. If you even want to put yourself on an island, you can put yourself on an island. Kevin, I think he is still Kevin leave, you. leave me. Man. I think he would leave you. No, Someone loyal. said
2: double G would stash jerky. That's
1: true. <laughs> it would be his one uh one item that he gets to bring. <laughs> yeah.
0: Island Kevin Jones. Uh, okay.
2: You heard my reasoning. I I think you misread the question.
0: <laughs> well, again, I put deserted island. So, this might and... be this might be intentional sabotage by Brody. Because I didn't get to see these questions. Survive was in there. there. Survive been. was in there though. On that my phone been. it just says deserted island. So, no but you problem. said survive.
2: Uh, but I'm gonna go with Ezra on this one. Yeah, I think it's a clear. That's, that's, a clear one. That's, that's a clear one. That's fine.
1: That's a clear one. That's
2: fine. That's a clear one. All right. So Brody takes the
0: lead.
1: Here we go. Uh, what
0: questions are out of order? So how much you keep asking? Okay. them, And I'll answer this one first. Oh
1: sorry. Okay. Uh, the next one is gonna be what pro would you pick to cook? This is a good one. Would you pick to cook you and your significant other a dinner date?
0: Yeah. This is a good one. So I was thinking through, and I was trying to think, like, which pro would I trust with... Because you have to remember, for me, I have dietary restrictions.
1: Oh, wow. Yeah, I didn't even think about that. So
0: I need someone who's going to be very attentive to detail. That's smart. Who's going to focus on ingredients for everything and is a very detail-oriented and very smart person, right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. I also was thinking... A lot of cooking is you got to like follow. The, if you're able to follow a recipe, you can make something great, even if you're not a great cook. If you're able to follow the recipe to a T, you can you can concoct something. I think
1: you can bake. Okay, sorry. I'll bake too. No, no, no. Hold on. Keep, uh, going, keep going, going. Keep going. Keep yeah, going. Keep they're going. They're kind
0: of both. They're both yeah. similar.
1: I'll, I'll wait until you finish. Sorry. They're both similar. My bad. My bad.
0: And I think something, somewhere else where that is a strong suit is chemistry, right? You, you have to mix X, Y, and Z. And you, if, you don't, if you don't do it perfectly right, it's not going to work out. So I was like, "Where is someone with like a science background that's also into disc golf? That's a very smart person." Landed on Calvin Heimburg. Then it hit me again. His whole like thing is him around pizza. That's his whole like serving you a slice.
1: Wait, are you sticking with a college person?
0: I'm going with Calvin Heinberg. You picked a college student. Calvin Heimburg. He's not a college student. He just graduated. Yeah. what's his degree in? Engineering. Yeah, he's a genius. So he's going to be attentive to detail and read through all of my list of like, I can't eat these things, all of that. And he's taken enough science classes and chemistry classes <laughs> to be able to know how to follow a recipe to a T and whip up whatever <laughs> I can dream. I think Calvin Heinberg, he might not be the best cook on tour currently, but I think that's because he's not applying himself.
1: Okay. So... I'll say my answer and then I'll and
0: then I will, try to come after that reasoning. I will, I will come, you can after, try that to come after that reasoning.
1: Uh, the answer here is going to be Matteo, okay. First off the dudes from the South. So Se- someone
0: who lo- I'm sorry. S-
1: second off the dude, I think in almost every interview I've heard, he talks about food. He talks about no, uh, I'm going to this place. They have better Mexican than this place. He talks about food. He's from the South. He probably makes a nasty, nasty, creamy mac and cheese with some awesome uh, mashed potatoes with a big old fat steak. I mean, I'm just already thinking about how delicious it is His hospitality is going to be through the roof. Roof, uh, roof what? Uh, isn't it at isn't it your um, house, though? Yeah, but I'm saying he's coming over, and he's going he's gonna to be very hospitable. Now, this is what I'll say. Someone that can follow instructions really well that's good for baking. Someone that can follow shru- instructions very well is not good for cooking. There's too much seasoning. Disagree. There's too much uh, timing disagree. involved. There's too much feel. When you Completely look at disagree. the best chefs in the world, they are not looking at a, uh, how do I make this? They, they go off of instincts. They go off of do, timing. They go off of all that. It's Mattio all day long.
0: Quick question for you. Do the best bakers in the world look at, how do I make this? Or do they go off of feeling, timing, and all of that as well?
1: I think a lot of them do look back at how to make something. Oh,
0: so you think best best baker in the world is looking at a recipe on how to bake a cake?
1: It depends on what kind of cake it
0: is, but yes. That's a ridiculous statement. Uh I can't I can't cook based on feel to save my life. I was You're very a bad cook. because I, no, I was very bad I was very good in chemistry class and following a chemistry recipe and like he just said he can't everything. cook. No he was very good. I said good based in chemistry. on feel. You have to listen to the and, words out of my mouth. You have to listen uh, to the words Heimberg,
1: out of my mouth. Uh, uh Graduated with chemical engineering.
0: You're not listening to any single word out of my mouth. Because what I said is, I'm not a good cook based on feel, but I can cook you guaranteed anything you want. Because I can go to allrecipes.com. Beef Wellington. I guarantee it. Guaranteed. <laughs> All right. That's- I have risotto. I have risotto.
1: Picked. You can make me a good risotto. I don't know what
0: risotto is, but I will be able to make a good one. Yeah. Because I will follow the instructions to a T. Period. I've made crème brulee is one of the hardest desserts to make. I know that's baking. But that's a lot on feel, because it's all about the timing and everything. I follow the instructions to, to a t, banger creme brulee. I think it's the same thing with cooking salsa chicken. Frick, do you think that has a lot to do with feel? nuh they've already done. The cooks have already done the feel for you and put it in a recipe. So, you uh, can't mess first, that up.
1: The first time I tried to make chicken parmesan, mm-hmm. and I followed the instructions. Here's a great question. The, I followed Here's the instructions. Hold on, I followed the instructions to a t. Yeah. When I pulled the chicken parm
0: off, I love this. This All is a, is the
1: cheese
0: stuck. This is perfect to the pan. Mm-hmm. It was just chicken. Yeah, I've never messed up a cake. Now, do you love eating? Yes, and you you would say you could tell when a good chicken parm and what isn't a good chicken parm.
1: Yeah, so you so you
0: it. would say that someone who loves eating loves talking about food. You're a, a bad cook and can't even follow a recipe.
1: Not every not everyone. So
0: then, why would you think that Matty O just because he loves food because loves talking about Nostal. food?
1: He's from the south.
0: Where are were you not he's from not, Florida and Texas? He's
1: also he's also not a touring pro that lives from car to hotel I'm to Airbnb. I don't and claim that Calvin, Heimberg I, claim Calvin Heimberg I don't claim Calvin Heimberg is a I don't think Calvin Heimberg has ever made himself a meal.
0: I, that's that's audacious. I'm just saying I, I put that, a recipe in front of that man, he's following it to a T.
1: I don't think he's ever cooked a meal. And if you follow
0: a recipe to a T, it's gonna be great. I don't think Calvin's ever cooked a meal.
1: Matty O has a real job where he probably comes home and makes food for himself, maybe even his family, who knows? I don't know
0: him that well, but I'm going with Matty O all you day. Clearly, because you picked him over Calvin Heimberg. I almost right, took down your we chair. Go.
2: <laughs> I am going with Matty O.
0: That's ridiculous. Yes, sir. Ridiculous. You picked a college student. No, I didn't, he's not in college. He just graduated. Was, he's yeah, not a college fair. student. He was.
1: So, Matty O was the college
0: student years ago. Years ago, when I came out of college, I had no idea what the heck I was doing. Yeah, you also didn't have a chemical engineering degree. Doesn't okay. All right, all Birdie's right. He's up by two. I here guarantee we go. you, Calvin Heimberg could cook your face off.
1: I, we will blogging. make yeah we will make. I will try to make that Let's happen. I will try to make that happen. I I want him to cook you a meal now. All right, here we go. We got most. this could be no, this is, this is still counts as one, but you have to take into both our, both our answers. Okay. 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 It's a double, it's a double question in a single question, most and least likely to survive a zombie apocalypse. Is it me first? Um, no, it's me. Cause you went, yeah, it's Brody. Um, this was kind of a setup without me even thinking about it. Uh, I don't really have to say too much about this person because Hunter just said everything about this person and how smart they are and how they can follow instructions and figure out stuff. Uh, it's Calvin Heinberg. Calvin Heinberg will not only be able to figure out the best ways to survive during a zombie ap- apocalypse. The other thing that Calvin Heinberg has is he has no pulse. If you look at Calvin Heimberg, he's made aces before he doesn't even wink an eye. Okay he could also potentially even find a way to where he blends in and becomes a family with the zombies to where now he's roaming. He's now, he's now become one of the zombies and is roaming around with them. It's Calvin Heinberg all day, easy answer. Now, least likely, uh, this, this is the exact opposite. This is someone that wants to be everyone's friend, this is someone that is going... To, they might not even know who you are, and they're going to, he's, he's going to come up and introduce himself, ask you how you're doing, and that is going to ultimately get him killed because zombies don't like that. Zombies don't want you to walk up to them and ask you how they're doing. That's Thomas Gilbert, okay? Mm. Thomas Gilbert is going to show up to a zombie and be like, hey, I think if we just shower them with love and peace, they'll be fine. He's going to walk up. They're going to grab his throat and rip it open and start drinking out his blood.
0: Okay. You went the wrong way with survival because I agree. If we're talking like normal surviving circumstances, Calvin Heimberg, great choice. But you throw zombies into the mix. There's an aspect of it that you have to think about, which is the raw will and chaotic energy needed to survive a zombie apocalypse. Mm. You can't just kind of build your way around zombies. You got to freaking put the rubber to the road and plow through them. And there's only one man on tour crazy enough to do that. Nico Lacastro. If I'm picking anyone, possibly on Earth, to be standing next (laughs) to me in in a zombie apocalypse, it's Nico. Like You just tell Nico, hey, that guy right there, he used to be one of the internet trolls. What do you think he's doing? (laughs) That guy's head is halfway across the country and the other zombies are going, do I need that man's brain? Do I want that man's brain? Maybe not. Other side of that coin, we got to think, okay, who is just kind of like a calm person, kind of easygoing happy probably plays the guitar probably has a great singing voice uh you know just a very kind of chill happy person doesn't seem like the type of person that would be willing to pick up a bat with barbed wire around it and beat a zombie and that is joel freeman and i think joel freeman just doesn't have what it takes to even fight zombies i think that joel freeman is similar to thomas gilbert that was another great pick i think they're cut from the same mold of where they're both just they're just happy to be there, happy that they weren't a zombie yet, and I think that's what turns them into a zombie. While while Nico is ripping them limb from limb, I would say the Nico Calvin Heimberg is kind of a toss up because I
1: I do see Nico like just grabbing a hatchet and just going to town, just charging through. Where Calvin's more of like the uh, let me sit um, back and think. Home alone, and now we're surrounded by two. No, no, zombies. no. He's like the home alone guy. He's gonna come up with traps. He's gonna come up with almost like I am legend. He's going to have all sorts of things that basically, uh, prevent the zombies from getting him. I think you lost it with the Joel Freeman. I don't think, I think Joel Freeman actually is probably one of, I I think Joel Freeman might've even won most likely to survive with in the wild. I think he might be a great pick for that one. And, uh, that's where I think I think you lost it because I think Thomas Gilbert.
0: How well do you know abs- Joel Freeman?
1: Thomas Gilbert survives a zombie apocalypse no more than five minutes. He's gone. He, he's he's going to be one of the first zombies. Like you know, you know, like at uh, you know the beginning of the Walking Dead, where like the zombies had to start somewhere. And when you turn into a zombie, you probably stay a zombie for a while. He's in season one, and he's also in season ten. He's been around for a long time.
0: How well do you know uh, Joel Freeman?
1: Uh, decently well
0: okay so let me tell you something the first time i ever met joel freeman right i went to a disc golf tournament eagles wings was putting on like a little chapel service right after the players meeting i was like hey i'm gonna pop my head in there joel freeman playing the guitar leading worship music okay i just have a hard time picturing him taking that guitar and bashing in the zombie who just busted through the window joel freeman also went out of his way say hi to me talk to me extremely nice I have a hard time. So to me, the toss up is the Thomas Gilbert, Joel Freeman. So you got to look at who would you rather have by your side? Calvin Heinberg or Nico? And if you don't say Nico, I can only assume one of two things. Either you're already a zombie <laughs> and you're thinking, you know, if I pick Calvin, luckily I can win that or Brody truly has paid you off. If
1: I don't know if you're a walking dead fan, but I believe they are going I, to I've see, season, I dead. think they're going to season 13. Oh wow. And one of the few people that is still survives and alive is a priest.
2: All right. I think... Here's... Okay. So, (laughs) the the thing with Calvin is he would have to have some time to get ready. Exactly. Whereas Nico would just be ready to go.
0: Nico has been ready for this moment his entire life.
2: All this built-up anger, I I think he's going to take it out on the zombies. So, I'm going to have to go with Nico on this one. So, that means I went... Nico and Joel.
0: Nico and Joel. Okay, Nico and Joel. It's
2: fair fair enough. Hunter
0: takes fair it. Enough.
1: Fair enough.
2: All right. Hunter's down by one. All right. Ten, 10 and nine.
1: Here we go. We got two more left. Here we go. Here we go. All right. These last two, we'll see what happens. Best course.
0: So, a best course on tour, I think, is so subjective uh, based on just like, what people want to play, what, you, what type of golf you enjoy. So I just went 100% what's the course I want to play the most on tour. Mm-hmm. And then I just so happened it's also, I believe, the U-Disc number one course in the world, which is Maple Hill. Hmm. That's the course that when I look at the tour, I'm like, that's the course I really want to go play.
1: It's a good one. It's a good one. Again, a little vanilla. It's a good one. I'm going to go with a course that I believe it was the first time on tour this year. Um, it's also, I think too, Maple Hill is a good one because they obviously have a lot of money coming into it with, you know, them being able to charge. Um, and then also I believe it is on a Christmas tree farm. So they do have a lot of resources to, to make sure everything looks good. Uh, this is going to go to Des Moines. Okay. The, the community, the local group in Des Moines, they put on an incredible tournament at Pickard park. Uh, to me, One of the things that I love when I go and play a course for the first time is when I feel like I'm on a disc golf course and I'm not playing in a park. Now, granted, it is called Picker Park. However, that was an extremely fun course to play. They did an incredible job with tee pads. Um, They made some of the greens. I thought some of the greens were really well designed to really pull out, uh, you know, I think what some courses try to do with like the mulching and stuff like that, I think they pulled that off to perfection. And like I said, again, I think it was a good mixture of open corset, op- open holes and wooded holes. And then also, besides hole one and hole two, the rest of the course, you felt like you were on a disc golf course. Um, and I just loved it. It was, it, was, it was a great course, and I look forward to going back.
0: So why did you say besides one and two?
1: Those are the two core. Those are the two holes that you can tell that you're like not on a disc golf course. That's the only thing.
0: So from what I've seen, I've never been to the course. Maple Hill, I don't think has a beside this hole. It probably doesn't. This course, blah 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 blah. It
1: does. It probably doesn't.
0: The course was made to be a disc golf course. Yeah, that's it. it that's the only doesn't. thing there. All right. I I'm I just a, think a, that, I
1: think Pickard Park has a lot of potential.
0: I've never heard someone say Pickard Park's on their wish list. I've heard almost every disc golfer say they want to play Maple Hill. Yeah, but that's, and that's also... that's why I'm going to go with Maple Hill. Yeah, absolutely. That's fine.
2: That's
1: fine.
0: What am All I at right. now? Are we tied? You're we're on the tied hype. up. Oh, this is You're on the hype train.
2: It. You're on the hype train.
0: This decides it right here. We got All right. one more, right? This is it. Final one. Tiebreaker.
1: Final one. Here we Jeez, go. There are
0: so many of these. What were we thinking?
1: Best one uh, to win. Here we go. Best tournament. I'm just going to say... Is this me? This is you first. This is me. I'm just going to say um, it's pretty easy worlds
0: let me explain to you why that's not the best tournament where's the prestige around worlds besides the name nowhere to be found course they rotate every year look at all the problems that happened at worlds this year someone someone else had to pay for the driving range for pete's sakes it's the worlds you would think that have something you ask the players what's the hardest tournament to win well what is the hardest tournament what is the most iconic tournament on on tour what is something that is so hard to win that people just would give up almost everything to be this champion. That is the USDGC. That is disc golf's crown jewel of prestige tournament. Uh, It's the the course that you, Worlds, I could have played Worlds this year. USDGC, I couldn't. Why? You have to play so good and qualify to even get into this tournament. It's like an elite club of people who are allowed to play this tournament. Worlds, as there's an average 970-some rated golfer who'd played enough tournaments the year before, I could have registered and signed up and been at Worlds. I could have been a part of that USDGC no matter what I wanted to do I'm not a good enough player to have qualified to even be allowed to step on the grounds of the United States disc golf championship and I think that that you just can't beat that there's no way around it you can try to argue feel free
1: I mean I don't even think I need to argue with what he was saying because I think he also misinterpreted the question again these are the 2021 superlatives, so we are talking about just this year.
0: Oh well, even better.
1: So, what complaint when, did you hear about
0: Worlds from players
1: when we're when we're None. watching it? When we're what wa- did we
0: hear about Worlds?
1: When we're watching the turn, when we were watching the tournaments this year, and we were watching Worlds and USDGC One of them, we actually didn't even see the playoff because the uh, the connection, but. The oh, James, so you're going to fault the tournament the James, over a connection issue? James Conrad shot One is shot going had to be to... a shot that most likely will never be repeated at a big tournament, and I would almost argue will never be repeated at any sort of like live coverage event again. And that notion of where he needed to throw that in to force a playoff, there wasn't, and this, this is where I'll leave it, the amount of impact that Worlds had after the fact in the disc golf world and outside the disc golf world was 100x the amount of impact that USDGC. USDGC ended. I'm sitting
0: here refreshing my list to see if it'll update from best tournament to best shot so that Brody has a chance. USDGC
1: USDGC ended, and people still kind of talked about it for a little bit world's ended and it was still the talk of the town weeks and weeks after and still will be the talk of the town the the what will be the talk the, of the
0: town the world championship tournament as a whole or the one when, shot that when you happened look, to be at the world championship when you
1: look at a tournament when you look at a tournament if someone throws an incredible shot in day 1 yeah it's great but when someone does something to force a playoff at the
0: end, that does, it almost makes it doesn't even matter what happened before that. Kind of like Paul's putt on 17 and his putt on 16 and his putt on 15. Yeah, putts are and great. And yeah, his putts putt are, to win all
1: one. Putts are great, but I would say the percentage of making a putt is probably way higher than the percentage of throwing in a shot from 270 feet.
0: But again, are we talking about a singular shot or was the question the best tournament? Because Worlds was not the best tournament. You can't argue that. You were on the grounds. The, there, were, there were complaints well, about the tee pads There were complaints about the course that was played. There was the whole did that, did triple that affect, Mando debacle. Did
1: that affect the people watching?
0: Yeah. That's all we heard about. I don't know. My Those... world was tainted because of that. <laughs>
2: that well, was you, all I was hearing. Well, Every, you...
0: <laughs> all of social media was talking about that. You know what people were talking about with USCGC? Exactly. It's crickets. I would Crickets. Just, because there was nothing wrong with the tournament. If, the only thing that was brought up was the pay-per-view James, model.
1: If James Conrad misses that throw-in, okay, which is a crazy thing for me to even say, and Paul ends up going and winning Worlds, for sure, USDGC, for sure. So
0: again, what the question you have to at, answer, Tra- freaking Silas, almost called you Trevor, <laughs> question you have to answer is, was the prop we were given the best shot of the year, or was it the best tournament of the year? If it's the best tournament, you got to take right. into factors more than one shot. That's all I'm going to say.
2: USDGC does have a qualifying round.
1: Also, which one was free to watch?
2: That that's very true. Neither. (laughs) The PDGA um, did have some issues on the driving range.
0: Not just the driving range.
2: They had some issues. Yeah. But if you take that into
1: account, if you take into account like stuff like that, then you have to take into account but, that fact that people weren't even able to
0: see the playoffs.
2: But the USDGC. That
0: had nothing to do with the tournament. The USDGC pay per view. Those are two different things. Was off. But that wasn't part of, not, that part was of the, the tournament. tournament. No, during, no, during, it is not. part of the tournament. It's not. It's, during it's part the most of crucial
2: part. It, it was off during the most crucial part of the but tournament. Is,
0: who was that? Who Who did that? Was it the tournament staff? Was it the tournament that did that? or was no, the disc golf net highly people?
1: it's directly correlated but that has nothing
0: to do tournament. with the tournament
1: it's part of the tournament it's not though cuz that's how that's how you consume you the can, content it wasn't wasn't what was well, the, the best be- on the ground was
0: again was the question the best coverage or the best tournament the question was the best tournament it has the, nothing to do with coverage has nothing to do with the singular shot it's the best tournament but
1: it also says doesn't it doesn't say best tournament to watch live and even if it did say best tournament to watch live the answer would be Worlds. If the best, if, if the question was best incredible. tournament, to wa-
0: if the best question was best tournament to watch live, yeah, it would be Worlds. But that wasn't the question. The question was best tournament, period. Yeah. had nothing to do with coverage. Had nothing to do with the singular shot. The best tournament. of But people couldn't see USDGC if you're watching. That it. that has nothing to do with the question. <laughs> that has nothing to do with the question. It wasn't the best coverage. It wasn't what got the most views. It was the best tournament. All right, size, give it, us an answer. Everyone, give had, us an answer. each tournament
2: had their issues and and their strengths and their weaknesses. But at the end of the day, it comes down to Worlds. That was the best tournament.
0: That's ridiculous. That is a ridiculous statement. And I again go Brody was 100% <laughs> paid off. Silent. And I, think, no I don't, I
1: I still think you can argue USDGC was a better tournament than Worlds this year. I still think you can argue it. I can argue it from
0: 55 different angles.
1: The hair, man.
0: The hair. You have one shot. And, and the then hair. you have coverage that has nothing to do with the tournament. It's all you have against it. But the cover but on also the, GCC, is like, but it the coverage was is was
2: cut off at the most crucial point. That is in not the, the tournament. tournament.
0: That's also, not
1: the tournament. Also, Silas, too, something that you didn't mention, you have Paul Macbeth, five time world champ, trying to get to six times, right? Is it yes. best story? You line? also had hold on. You also had Paige P we're not even talking about FPO because it was the MPO. But If you take into account that Paige Pierce also was trying to get to six, didn't get it. Now Paul's in a position to get to six. Everyone, after James Conrad threw that terrible tee shot, uh, it wasn't terrible, but the one that hit the tree on 18, no way he can make birdie from there, no way. Everyone's thinking, Paul's about to get a six times. Heck, Paul's thinking, what is my next disc going to be, right? And then James to go and throw that in it doesn't really matter what happened the first previous four yeah, days. Yeah, that was the
0: best moment of that, 2021. That
1: just that whole situation right there, it, you could have put that... If that would have happened at USDGC, it would have been the best tournament. It would like, have been the best moment. No. That, that's not the tournament. No, because it's... That's not the tournament. When you think of best tournament, though, you don't go back and you think about, how good was day one? How good was day two? I think two? of how
0: well was this tournament ran. No How many one complaints? That when when I was asked I it didn't it didn't say best tournament to watch again. No, it has but, nothing to do with no, tournament when to when watch. You're thinking of, it said best tournament of 2021. Didn't Hunter, say best shot, Hunter, didn't say best moments, they say best coverage, but it said best But when you're thinking best of tournament.
1: like the best basketball game of the season, you're not taking into account like, oh, well they ran out of pretzels. So that's going to when you're watching as a fan, you don't see any of these other things affect you. The only thing that affected Worlds affected watched, all of
0: us. If you watched every player, a every player complained on social media about Worlds. No player complained on social media about USDGC. USDGC okay. was ran to a perfect T. The course there was perfect. There were a lot of complaints. The only issue was mm. the coverage that was outside of the tournament that had nothing but to do it's with. Still the tournament. in
2: direct correlation to yeah. the tournament because that's how you consume the tournament.
0: Do we take calls <laughs> at this
1: point? That's the question. Do we take calls? Do people want? Do people want to call
0: in? I mean I just feel I got hundred percent gypped on about the things so I I
2: of- were Brody won by one point and Hunter lost by it one point. It was one. a close battle. It, it was a very close, it was battle. A very battle. close allegedly, battle. Allegedly. Allegedly. Both Those of you are. had very good very good people, very good choices.
1: All right, we'll take a couple calls and then we gotta get out of here because I, I uh, allegedly lost. Because Duke is uh, Duke's playing some basketball. Duke's the up tip, 6-3. The, the tip is off.
0: Yeah, 17 minutes uh, up
1: Silas will put the the number on the screen. I will refresh my thing so I can tell the people if you're listening. Uh, for All some right, reason, if you're someone. listening and not watching. Um,
2: we should have someone. Hello, hello? Hi there.
1: Hey, what's going on?
4: Hey, so this is Dustin. So I think you, you might recognize me from Twitter. I'm the esports dude.
1: Oh, hey, what's up, brother?
4: Yeah, so I'm calling because I know in the past there's been a lot of discussions on debate podcast about uh, live coverage versus post-produced coverage. Mm-hmm. So I don't want to get into that particularly. What I want to get into is commentary because that's near and dear to me because that's what I do mm-hmm. in the esports industry and I want to do for disc golf. And one thing that I constantly hear, I feel like uh, on and off, depending on the event, is complaints about the commentary. And I know that that's something that y'all have discussed on mm-hmm. various pieces of content that's been produced here on this channel um so i kind of just want to get to the bottom of it what is it that bothers people about the commentary you know i know that like bias can be a part of it or like i know one of the points you made brody was you don't like it when they're kind of rooting for someone to succeed because you feel like that's you know not being impartial anymore you know mm-hmm. what i mean um so i, I kind of want to get to the bottom of it though like what, what do you think really are the most common things that cause people not to like the commentary?
1: Yeah, I mean, I'll first say I don't think you'll ever find a situation where like everyone agrees on like everyone. Some people love this commentator, Some people hate that commentator. But I will say that, uh, you know, it is a little bit interesting because we're starting to see with the Peyton Manning and Eli Manning where they have a different commentary stream. That some people are enjoying, which is like I would consider that stream more like of the Jomez kind of feel right where it's more laid back mm-hmm. two guys that used to play just kind of enjoying and chatting about the game. Um, I, I, I think with the I think with like the actual like disc golf network, though, I think you got to get a little bit more people with a little bit more experience in the commentary world and specifically in like maybe a sports world that would help, because I think that's the one thing they're kind of missing is right now they have guys that, um, you know, you have like a Nate Doss, for example, who used to be a player, right? Knows the game really well, knows a lot of the people out on tour. Well, knows the courses well, can give a lot of insight, but if he's not matched up with the right team, he he might, you know, it might get to the point of where people kind of get tired of hearing from him. So I think with commentary, there's a reason why there's not for big events. There's a reason why there's not just a commentator, a commentator. There's usually two or three, because I think mm-hmm. it definitely helps the flow of everything. And so I think mm-hmm. they just kind of have to figure out exactly what is the best combination.
4: Right. So to kind of throw my two cents in real quick, Mm -hmm. I do think that one thing that disc golf commentary might struggle with is that while there is a lot of, you know, either current professional players or retired professional players that are able to bring that color commentary or that analysis and that insight, you don't have too many like real traditional play-by-play commentators. I feel like in disc golf, Uh, I think that Ian Anderson was an amazing pickup this year uh, for the network. And I think that, um obviously you have terry miller and a couple others who come in and do it who can do great work but there's not that many people and i feel that's important because that's your guy who's gonna not only do the play-by-play but he also kind of does some hosting duties you Mm -hmm. know throwing the brakes things of that nature steering the conversation i think that that might be one thing like you said making sure you have the right pairings because if you have like just a bunch of color commentators then. Maybe you're missing out on that hosting polish or something like that. Um, And I think the other thing is, is right now there's just not that many people that are full-time dedicated to it. I feel like they're highly reliant upon just who happens not to be playing that week, Mm -hmm. right? I feel like it's no one's full-time focus just yet from the player pool. Um, And I'm sure that will change in time as people step away from the sport um, for a competition. But we haven't really had that happen yet, I feel like, other than Nate Doss. Um, and so I want to, that's a part of it too, that we just don't really have that full time focus yet from a lot of people.
1: Yeah. And and again, it's another thing of like how much actual stuff behind the scenes is really going on. You know, um, there's a lot of planning and prep, uh, for any, any big sports event. And that might just be something that's kind of right now, not, you know, they might not be, they might be getting there the day before and going over show notes a little bit. Um, mm-hmm where you know other other sporting events and stuff they're probably prepping multiple days in advance and then they're having hour meetings afterwards and before the next day and yeah it's a whole it's a whole different situation but you know at the end of the day i think i, I think the disc golf network is definitely um dedicated to trying to get better and to trying to figure mm-hmm. it out um so i'm not worried about that i just think also at a certain point you have to not try to make everyone happy and just kind of go with what you think is going to be best because you're not going to make everyone happy with commentary
4: oh absolutely i mean it's always good people are going to prefer certain styles yep. or certain um, accents even you know exactly. people sometimes uh so yeah it does seem like it's kind of one of those situations where you, you can never please everyone sure about i was just curious if you know from talking with you all i'm starting to get that kind of feel like what what is objective versus what is subjective? Like, is there just certain things that objectively have to happen for people to be satisfied to at least some degree? You know what I mean?
1: Yeah, exactly.
4: All right, man. Well, that's kind of what I want to do, is just talk about that a little bit. Uh, appreciate you guys taking my call.
1: Awesome. Thanks so much for calling in, man. All right. Have a good one. Take care. All right. We'll take a couple more. We got four three four two one eight three six zero two four three four two one eight three six zero two. Maybe one or two calls, and then we'll wrap this show up.
0: Yeah, I think commentary, it's it's such a personal preference that like there's the basic stuff that has to be like a, a true play by play person, a mm-hmm. uh, good color commentary. But like you were saying, there's there's always gonna be people who hate You just can't people. have the negative. That's yeah. the key. You well, can't some have things.
1: someone that drives you away from wanting to watch.
0: Yeah, it. well that's the to me, commentary either doesn't distract you mm-hmm. or adds to the stream. Correct. Those are the two things that they do. They're either there and it's like background, whatever, or they provide insight that adds. Like you were saying, it should never be a moment where I got commentary this. happening. You're like, really? Like, that's not even right. Like, for instance, the disc thing, I think the issue with me at least, I don't have as big of a problem with like, I understand the free advertising angle. Mm-hmm. I get that side. But the biggest thing that's an issue for me is it can be distracting when a player tells the Pro Tour network, hey, I'm throwing my putter here. And then there's a massive headwind, and they decide instead of going the straight shot, they're going to go spike Kaiser And they're like, hey, this is their putter. And then they throw what I know to be a Firebird or yeah. an Onyx or something. I'm like, that's just not even close. To yeah. me, that gets distracting because maybe that's just a very specific one. But to me, that's just like when it's wrong or when it's they provide insight. Blatant. Yeah, it's just like yeah. there's no way a putter skipped like that. And then they have to try to correct, and it gets... Mm-hmm. distracting which i think that's commentary should be yeah you never in want to, the background or adding to the stream
1: and i would say real quick to wrap this up you never want to like as a commentator i feel like you or at least as a fan you never want to listen to a commentator not know what's going on yeah like it's okay for the commentator not to know what's going on but that's where they should just not say anything versus like oh i don't know is that inbounds or out of bounds it's gonna be close we'll have to, oh, we'll have to wait
0: a second we'll learn with like, you yeah so
1: all right we got another one Gonzales. hello Hey, I'm here. Hey, how's it going?
5: Good. How are y'all doing tonight?
1: We're doing fantastic.
5: Good. Hey, thanks for McCallum. My, my name's Alexander. I had a question, and let me let me preface as quick as I can. I don't use any social media or even anything outside of maybe what what I see on YouTube, what I subscribe to, and things like that. So, Reddit arguments, Twitter arguments, I don't understand or see. I, I pop up and have heard personal like Hannum debates and things like that because mm-hmm. I know he's he's controversial and obviously i want you guys so it's, it's great that you all have this on so thank you very much So of course i'll try to narrow this down and try to make it very specific because i know it's hot all all around it in the past so there was thirty thousand dollars for both fpo and mpo mm-hmm. my main question is specifically focusing on if there's an fpo separate from a mixed division if mixed technically means everyone can join mm-hmm. But FPO is completely separate. Technically, doesn't that mean that mixed is already the superior class by default? Doesn't matter any sort of sex. You don't have to put that on the table. Mixed is the best category of human beings who play disc golf. So FPO is specifically separate, and I appreciate it. I am 100% a feminist in this category. That I appreciate FPO is there. I love watching them and support them. So having them separate, giving them the whole separate courses and customized mm-hmm. to their liking and their high tier design, wonderful. Why is it even if obviously the superior class is making the same, not making this worldly payout for what it would be down for their class, not down obviously again, not down, mm-hmm. but to to their division? So is that making sense again? I'll try to specify that. No, yeah,
1: no, it and, makes. And I would love to hear your opinion. Yeah, I get it uh, makes a lot of sense what you're saying. What you're asking makes
4: sense.
0: Yeah, I get what you're saying. I don't. I mean, I don't really like the wording um, behind it. I think the question. To me, the argument against the equal thirty thousand, thirty thousand that makes the most sense um, is the raw number of players. Now, I will say, when it came to the Pro Tour Championship, the Pro Tour finale, that's all added cash. A hundred percent of it is just they went out and they raised sponsorship money. It is what it is. Players didn't pay to play that event, so to me, I have no problem whatever the Pro Tour wants to do with that money. You know what I mean? Like what? what however, that money is distributed. I, it doesn't matter to me. That's great. The way they did it, perfect. Um, Where things get interesting is when you have players all paying to enter and you have an MPO field size of 150 and an FPO field size of 30. If in that scenario, both winners, let's just keep the 30,000. If both winners got 30,000, that's where I think we can have a question, right? Of the FPO player, don't worry about gender, mixed pro, female pro, anything like that as far as the two division titles, I just look at the the number, right, of mm-hmm. like the person who won this division, it's the same as looking at MP40. Yeah. If the MP40 winner to me that's beat why some, 30 people that's and won 30,000.
1: That's why sometimes people that can play in MP40 compete in MPO, they sometimes drop out of MPO and go to MP40 because they're like, oh, I can just win easily yeah. and make way more money yeah. than So in that's the
0: only argument that to me makes sense is – you just look at the raw numbers wise of there's 30 players in this division. There's 150 in this division. So if all the players are paying to play and their payments are part of the pool, and then there was a situation where there was equal payment, I think then a question could be raised of like, does that really make sense? Because we have one person beating 29 players and one person beating 149 players. It was obviously harder to beat the 149 than it was to beat 29, just because the amount of people in that division, regardless of what that division is, the same could be said if we are talking about REC, MA1, MA2. Mm -hmm. If you have a REC division of 170 and you have an MA1 division of 30... You know the rec player beat way more people, so their payout should be way higher. It doesn't matter what the division is; it could flip the script on FPO and MPO. Yeah,
1: because money entries are going into yeah. that division. So if not FPO had
0: 150 and MPO had 30, mm-hmm. it, then it would be the same thing of why on earth would MPO get thirty thousand and FPO get thirty thousand in that scenario?
1: The only the only counter argument to what you just said mm-hmm. of why would this thirty and versus that. Is the, the other thing that needs to be taken into account is how much money uh, each division is bringing in for the disc golf network, right? So, mm-hmm. if the disc golf network is able to bring in, and this is all on their back end of numbers that they can see, when they're going to, you know, sell sponsors and all that stuff, um, if it if it starts getting to the point of where two sponsors are, are paying for, let's say, certain spots during the tournament because they know that that's when the most viewers are being played or are watching that's something that they need to take into account as well and I think that just gets bigger and bigger as uh, more and more people are watching but that would be the only argument to why should 30 people get paid more than 130 well if those 30 people are generating more dollars to the company than the 130 then those 30 people should be getting paid more
0: well, it was a similar situation. There was a Beats here. I believe it was the Lone Star Classic mm-hmm. where a sponsor came in. Mm-hmm. And I believe they donated 30... What was the added cash? I don't remember exactly.
1: I think it was just 10. They
0: donated a... I thought it had 30,000 added to I Lone Star Classic. I thought it was like a tequila company or something it was. to like uh, 10 But FPO. regardless they donated a large chunk of money specifically to the Mm -hmm. FPO. So for that tournament, the Mm -hmm. FPO payout was higher than the MPO. Mm -hmm. Again, that's just the outside sponsor. The outside sponsor for that event, like you just said, the FPO brought in more money than the Mm NPO to that event. So therefore, their payout was higher. I think that's just the way you look at it, right? And so when it comes to the Pro Tour finale, the players, they're just all happy to be there. They got in for free. You know what I mean? So to me, that one... It is what it is. If it's just a straight up tournament where everyone's paying to play to be there, then I think you can ask the question of like like what Brody was saying about who's bringing in more money if they're both equal whatever, but I'll just like looking at the raw number of there's 30 players here, 150 players here. If there was ever they both made the exact payout for the win, that would be the the question to be brought up was was there like a Tito's type situation of they donated X amount to have FPO have that same payout. If they had a smaller field in that said tournament, yeah, I think that would be the the question there.
1: Good question, though. We appreciate well, you calling in.
5: Yeah, no problem. I, I I appreciate you answering the question. I think it's a very sticky one, and I think it would get sticky. And like I said, I, I think it's appreciated that y'all were able to vocalize what what I was curious about. So of course. Yeah, thank you very
0: much.
1: Thanks so much. Have a nice night. All right, sauce. So give us one more, Ooh. and then we're out of here. Well, I do
0: want to say one more thing on oh, this yeah, topic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Is I think people. It's a weird topic because it gets thrown into the same category as equal pay, right? That that same argument, when I don't see that as the same argument, right? Because if we're talking about a social media manager or a doctor or a lawyer, mm-hmm. like yeah, a woman doctor and a woman lawyer should always make the same amount. I know it doesn't always happen, what but it should always happen that doesn't matter gender there, mm-hmm. right? When you're looking at this, this isn't you sign up to be a professional disc golfer and you're guaranteed X salary. Mm -hmm. This is you're going into a competition week in and week out. and The Pro Tour isn't responsible for you making a living. Correct. If you go out as an MPO or an FPO player and you never cash, you're not going to make a living on the Pro Tour. Mm -hmm. That's just how it is. You're entering a division and you're looking at the amount of people in that division and that kind of defines the payout. So. If FPO got up to 150 players. That is
1: finds the payout right now because there's not enough outside money yes, coming into this stuff. Yes. So if we
0: just went to a C tier, right? And all the money that came in is the money that went out. Yes. Then you can't, if I'm in MA one again and there's ten people in MA one and you're in MA two and there's fifty people in MA two, I can't expect the same. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Because that's why I'm entering baggers. a competition. Yeah. <laughs> Silas. So that's what I'm saying bagger. is I think that this this to me, at least, when I look at it, I don't look at this as the same argument. I don't look as the equal pay argument; as the same equal payout argument. Yeah, because I think they're two different arguments because they're two different scenarios. Yep. One is you're entering a competition to win, that's a good point. and one is you're actually working a job that should guarantee you a, a certain compensation. You're guaranteed nothing on the pro tour. I think that's where it's kind of two different things in my you head.
1: Heard it here first. You're guaranteed nothing. Hello, hello. Oh boy. No one, Silas. Hello? We've got a ghost rider. Ghost rider with us. Yeah, yeah. All right, maybe maybe we we're meant to be. Maybe it wasn't meant to be, Silas. Maybe we were only supposed to have two calls tonight and just wrap it up. I can't believe we talked about the superlatives I looked at the clock and I was like, Oh my gosh, it's like nine thirty. The heck? Yeah, it went a long time. We'll have to make that a yearly episode though. We got someone else, no? No. No one else. That's a wrap. That's it. Everyone in the chat happy? People are trying to come for our throats. They're com- uh, they always will come for our They're throats. coming from our zombie apocalypse situation.
0: Is that what's happening here?
1: <laughs>
0: I still, I still stick by Nico's chaotic energy wins that every time. But also, USDGC, I mean, it's it, best tournament it, of the, the
1: year. The Nico thing was a good one because it, it could go either way. Because you're going just like brute force. I'm and just going like just trying to take it. Nico is out.
0: just getting me out of where the zombie apocalypse is starting right now. We do Oh, we college. do have
1: someone. <laughs> Hello. Hello.
3: Yeah.
5: How you doing?
1: Hey, how's it going?
5: Hey, it's going good, man. So, uh, Nate Kong from Chicago, Illinois.
1: What's good, Nate?
5: Hey. know uh, it's your last question of the night, so I'll try to be quick. But who do you think has uh, branded or marketed themselves the best this year?
0: Mm, that's a great question.
1: Great question. I I think I I think I know. Go for it, because I'm not. I'm so I'm going, I'm going Kristen Tatar. Really? Yeah, because I think what she was able to do, which I think she's the real deal. Don't get me wrong. I think she's the absolute real deal. But she was able to come over just enough and do well in the the few events that she played, to where then when she left, there was like everyone was like, oh, like all year, everyone you would hear, like, oh, that person won, but like Chris what if Christian was there? That person Kristen's won what if mentioned a lot. was there. So she came over, did her thing, and then got out of here. And like everyone like everyone just kept talking about her even though she wasn't over here. And now going into this season, I mean, she's probably gonna be the favorite at a lot of these tournaments that she's gonna go to. She just signed a massive deal. And uh yeah, I think she went from a very solid player that a lot of people knew about to someone that's almost a household
0: name now. Dang, that's a great answer. I'm trying to think if I even have a different answer. I think this year was a big year for player brands in general. Yeah, Um, I think
1: a lot of people are starting to realize that uh, they have to do a lot of the work to to, 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 to create it.
0: I think Drew Gibson.
1: That's a good one, too. Uh,
0: Because I think that he was able to this year... He's obviously charted a new path with open bag and all of that. But I think that he was able to this year kind of make himself more of a household name than he was in years past. Mm-hmm. Uh, and a lot of it was just because he put himself out there in different situations and marketing himself well, playing well. There wasn't really an opportunity for him to make his name heard and known that he didn't take, is how I'll put it. Hmm. Uh, if there was an opportunity for him to do a youtube video or anything like that he took it even with smaller channels sometimes um if there was an opportunity for him to do interviews even with outside disc golf podcasts he took them i think he was very intentional about building his brand this year so Chris and the tatar i think is the best answer but to give you a different answer i'll go drew gibson
1: yeah i think drew's a good answer as well there we go yeah
0: yeah i like the Chris and tatar answer and honestly i'm kind of new to the sport um
5: but so i'm not too familiar with uh, any you know overseas names really so i'd be interested mm-hmm. to see if the trend kind of you know escalates based on what you know Kristen did so
1: it'll definitely make the commentators do a little extra work beforehand make sure they pronounce <laughs> pronounce all those names properly
5: <laughs> right yeah thank you guys for answering yeah thanks yeah, so much for calling it. in
1: man thank you yep have Dang, oh, Simon. Julius Caesar in him at the end. I'm uh, sorry. I didn't brutal. mean to do that. Someone put I'm a great. sorry. This is
0: another great answer <laughs> I should have thought of. I should have thought of this one. This is a great answer. Luke Humphreys.
1: Oh, with the OTB situation. Yeah, yeah he was able to position smart. himself
0: to build a brand mm-hmm. that he's a household name without good. having to actually play super well at any singular tournament this year. Very Luke Humphries, good. that's another great answer.
1: All right, a uh, little housekeeping, guys. Some A lot of stuff is going on, so we want to maybe give you guys a little updates of that before we uh, wrap up here. Um, we've got the Rocket Roach dropping this Friday. It is a swirly blend putter roach. If you haven't seen that, you can check out Foundation Disc Golf on Instagram. We have a new video dropping tomorrow where Hunter and Trevor, I take them back to the courts and we try to teach them uh, some of my... I would say
0: most basic trick shots. This is where you learn. Am I built for trick shots? I put the Twitter poll out. 72% of you said I wasn't. Find <laughs> out if you're right.
1: Um, That's going to come out on our new YouTube channel, Foundation Nation. If you haven't gone over and subscribed yet, head over to Foundation Nation on YouTube and subscribe. Super excited for that channel. Um, And then also our new podcast. Well, it's not new, but it used to be behind uh, the Patreon wall. Now it's in front of the Patreon wall, free for everyone Uh, is the the Bogey Bros Banter. That will be coming out Thursday, I believe, this Mm -hmm. week. Uh, Grip Locks will be coming out tomorrow if you're listening with us live here on Tuesday. Um, And we'll have a special guest. We'll have Ezra. The first special guest of the Bogey Bros Banter we will have Ezra with us in studio. What are we going to talk about? You never know.
0: That's the point of the banter. Uh, Sometimes it's just golf-related. Sometimes it's not. We might get Ezra's full workout routine. Um, We
1: might do Ezra's full workout routine. (laughs) You never know.
0: uh, Do you want to talk about what you're wearing and what you brought in the corner there? My pizza? (laughs) (laughs) Next to the pizza. Next to the pizza. Yeah. And also,
1: if you guys didn't notice, uh, we've got some new merch here. If you're an audio listener, uh, while he's modeling, I'll I'll, I'll, I'll
0: I'll explain it. So we've got a black and gold blade polo. So a collarless polo, if you will, with a foundation logo on the front. Foundation Disc Golf mark on the back. These will be hitting the site very soon, I believe. Not this upcoming Friday, but the Friday after. And we also have, we're calling this the this gray... Is, this
1: is very comfy and warm.
0: We're calling this the gray College Foundation Disc Golf hoodie. The College Foundation Disc Golf hoodie. It's a very like college-esque looking hoodie. This is just your classic go-to hoodie when you're looking to walk out into the crisp fall air, maybe go to a nice football game, uh, go out to a barbecue, a bonfire, and you just want that comfy... Feels like home hoodie to give you that gentle hug when you're in the cold air. Pick up your college foundation disc golf hoodie. We've got, uh, we've also got the. I just wrote the product description. That was
1: very nice. Make sure you keep that, note that down there. Um, We also got the cotton candy hoodies coming back, which are going to be, I think, a crowd favorite. Yeah. And the dry fit uh, shirts that we have feel amazing. So lots of cool stuff coming tons of content, tons of videos coming out. And, uh, yeah, we just appreciate all the support. The support on this show, by the way, has been awesome. This was something that we just kind of, I don't know, I just felt like things were going crazy on Twitter. And I thought this was a cool idea to just kind of have people call in and, um, it's turned into this. And so we do appreciate everyone that's watching and supporting the show. Um, and yeah, it's been a wild ride. 15 episodes. That's pretty decent. Yeah. It's halfway to 30. And
0: the thirties halfway to 60.
1: 30 to 30. 60 might...
0: halfway to 120. We're almost there.
1: If we go over 100 episodes, that's going to be wild.
0: We're going over 100. Episodes. What do you mean if? Well, I'm I'm when? If. Maybe I should say when. It's 85 weeks from now. thats a year and a half from now.
1: Uh, thanks so much though for everyone watching that everyone called in. Um and Silas, I will be venmoing you that twenty dollars later. So appreciate that.
0: That's the only way I lost. <laughs> there's, there's no way around that. USDGC was the greatest tournament. That is false of information. Uh, false information. Duke is also up three with seven fifty left to go. Fingers crossed, they're able to keep that pace. And blow Kentucky out of the water, please. <laughs> Don't even give him a glimmer of hope. All
1: right, we'll see you guys in the next one. Thanks so much. Uh, Stay dark.